feature presentation. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Movie Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved. Eric Marchin. Matt, it's 2024 and we already fucked up royally. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as you guys are listening to this, this is our uh, second episode of 2024, which is going to be our 24 most anticipated films of 2024. Um, and what Eric's uh, referencing is we actually recorded this episode um in the past we recorded it at the end of 2023 uh eric and i during our break uh sat down did a a a beefy episode like we always do um kind of showcasing not only our 24 most anticipated films of 2024 but we kind of went through like the whole slate of everything that's coming out this year and then kind of did sort of a not a draft but we kind of narrowed down uh to what we wanted to include in our 24 most anticipated films of 2024 um, however, uh, this isn't that episode we recorded. Uh, we are doing a special little prologue and epilogue you'll hear at the end of this episode uh, because, as Eric mentioned, um, <laughs> it's a huge part of the episode. We debated on if we were going to include uh, Jordan Peele's next film because at the time of that recording, uh, an untitled Jordan Peele film was scheduled for Christmas Day 2024 and about seemed like 30 seconds after we recorded that episode <laughs> they announced <laughs> that uh that was being moved and uh, that movie is not coming out in 2024 uh so instead of just putting out that list as is because we were planning on re- releasing that after you know our best films of, of 2024 which is available for you or 2023 which is available for everyone right now that you guys can go listen to on the untitled movie podcast feed uh we thought we'd kind of do a little uh new intro as well as um, going to do a little extra um, epilogue to kind of change uh, uh, that list a little bit and add a new film and take off uh, Jordan Peele's film because it happened so recent. Uh, usually we leave the films on if the film, if the dates kind of change in the middle of the year, but uh, this one we thought because the episode didn't even come out yet that we could uh, change it. Uh, Eric, anything you wanted to say before we let people listen to the original episode? <laughs> yeah, I just want to let people know as the record stands, you'll hear it in uh, this episode that I was also considering that the Jordan Peele film would not be made because Nosferatu uh, was also announced for Christmas Day and it is Focus Features, which is a sub studio of um, Universal. So, I was always on the right side of history. All right, fuck you. Okay, everyone listen to the original episode. Um, Everything will be in there, so it might feel a little off, or we might be talking about things that, you know, we recorded it a couple weeks ago. So here's the original episode. Uh, We will be back at the end of the episode to kind of give you a updated list. So please enjoy this episode of the Untitled Movie Podcast. Uh, Eric, how are you? Man, I'm good. I'm actually very happy to uh, get away from the year 2023 because it was a fucking shit show and I hate everything about 2023 for the most part. So moving away from a year that was a dumpster fire uh, personally is just delightful. Just, you know, getting into a a new year of struggles and failures and Kiefer Sutherland jokes is going to be great. (laughs) Um, yeah, uh, you already kind of alluded to it, uh, in the opening of the show, but, uh, I'm with you as well. Uh, 2023, not 
uh, my best year. Uh, but, you know, ups and downs, some pros, some cons. Um, everyone knows I've talked about it pretty openly of what I went through early 2023 um, when I had a little bit of a mental breakdown uh, for a few months. Uh, but came through that and, uh, you know, started going back to school, doing a bunch of other things. So, you know, ups and downs. But it was a weird year, especially for this show. I feel like we've always been, you know, we do these when we want uh, in the sense of like, we like putting things out regularly, but I feel like in the last year, year and a half, uh, we've been a little inconsistent when it comes to uh, releases and, and especially on the main show, if they've been so sporadic, usually like a festival preview or, or uh, you know, whenever we had a random idea to do something or had time, we would shoot the shit and do this main show. Uh, we've been more consistent with reviews, but even then we've missed some big ones this year and it's kind of been all over the place due to me taking some time off. Uh, you took some time off too. Um, uh, me going back to school, the schedule has been kind of all over the place, but I'm hoping now that we go into this new year, everything's settled down. We kind of know what my schedule's like, you know what your schedule's like, and we would love to be more uh, consistent on this show. We would love to be more um, regular <laughs> to Eric's. We love uh, eating that jokes. brand. Uh, where our, our goal this year is to put out this show bi-weekly. So two episodes a month. The format will be a slightly different where we're going to have a big topic of the show every episode. So it's a little bit more structured um, and kind of keeping it real when it comes to how much we can actually output on this show. Real uh, and raw. And then for reviews, we're trying to aim for still that at least one a week. It might not be every week. It might be two one week and then one. But four a month is what we're aiming for. Um, trying to cover at least four movies a month. Um, and we've already kind of listed out what we want to cover for the year, which you'll hear a lot about those movies um, on the show today because uh, we're going to live with you. Uh, we haven't talked about this at all uh try to plan out our 24 most anticipated films and debate those back and forth and come down to a, a list of 24 films so uh the idea is to do four reviews a month um a mix of this is going to be new eric and i doing reviews together um but we're also going to try to do kind of individual reviews this year as well uh so if you guys are familiar with eric's type of review over on rogers where which are not because you don't watch um, it <laughs> yeah they do a lot of people do if you're in canada that at least you can and, and you can try but um in that sense is like we want to do more written reviews as well. We love the conversational style of Eric and I going back and forth, but I miss a little bit of a more produced kind of thing, especially with what I'm doing in, in school as well with video editing and sound design. And, 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 and I love writing obviously too. And I, I feel like sometimes in our conversations, they're very, uh, in, I think, uh, intelligent and, 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 you know, Eric and I know what we're talking about, but I feel but like they're free flowing. Yeah. They're, they're loose. They're, they're a little bit more abstract and sort of having an actual conversation back and forth where when you're writing a review and you're, you're kind of setting a goal of, you know, for the Rogers reviews, they're usually between two to four minutes. They used to be two to three minutes, but some reviews, I think, you know, earn a longer runtime based on, you know, if you have something to say about it or the complexities of the story or just something that you find interesting within having a conversation. And also, you know, because you're, you're as you were mentioning with, with post-production and, and with editing, 
um, you also have to look at it from the perspective of your writing to the video. You know, you're yeah. writing to uh, the press materials that are available to you. And usually when it comes to a lot of these films, um, you know, the bigger movies, you sometimes get a little bit more, but the smaller movies, they'll only give you maybe the trailer and some production yeah. stills. So you kind of have to also write smart in that way where you're writing, your B-roll you know, makes sense because of what you're giving. Yeah, it's connecting with kid, what is yeah. being said, right? Visually and also the audio kind of coming together to tell the the story of your review. In a concise and, way too, right? Yeah. Because our conversations can sometimes go 30, 40 minutes, sometimes more. Um, oftentimes more, uh, where I love the idea of writing something that's between three and 10 minutes, right? Like, especially on YouTube, we've been putting our podcasts out on YouTube for over a year now, but they are just podcasts and not a lot of people just watch video podcasts on YouTube, right? Like we're not optimizing what we do for YouTube. We're just kind of putting it on YouTube, right? So that style of review, I think is more for youtube right they will still put them on podcast services and things like that if you want like little mini bite size more written and and uh and and uh produced reviews but structured uh, and structured reviews but um ideally there'll be kind of video reviews that we put on youtube as well so uh, that's going to be in a test phase you know eric already does that uh very often for rogers so it'll be easy for him for me every week baby (laughs) <laughs> For me, it'll be a learning curve and and trying to, you know, uh, I think Eric will probably start with them and then I'm going to try to jump in to do them here and there. So the way things might go is that Untitled Movie Podcast might be the feed that includes all of our conversational stuff. So it might... It'll include the main shows as well as our conversational reviews. And then over on Untitled Movie Reviews, um, that will be the channel and the podcast feed for the short, shorter, bite-sized, um, which was always the intention with Untitled Movie Reviews. We wanted to do 15, 20 minutes. It's just Eric and I don't know when to shut the fuck up uh, when we're talking about things because we enjoy talking about things with one another. So they kind of go on much longer. So we just want, you know, focus on especially if we're going to have both channels for them not to kind of be the same thing that's at least my idea with what we do this year which i think could be a lot of fun and then because originally we were talking about merging both of them together for one feed i kind of like having two different feeds as long as they feel different so um i think doing conversational reviews on the main feed as well as the main show um, and then doing these individual reviews over on the review feed and maybe that'll only be twice a month as well maybe it'll be more it just depends how inspired and if eric wants to do his director's cuts of his rogers reviews over here or whatever <laughs> the like, madam web yeah. uncut version yeah so because like eric's really uh, he's they're strict on rogers that they're usually what three minutes eric and three three like, to yeah. four minutes and um, it's it's usually like a lot of stuff does get cut out and i'm not complaining about that that's just the way it is and and i totally get it for for what it is because those reviews also air on television and you know yeah. they're usually you know slotted in for a, a specific time so you kind of have to not only write to the video or the viz that you're working with but you also have to play to the mm-hmm. clock that you're on and and especially when you're even taking those reviews 
and repurposing them, you know, because I, I do this show Cinema Scene and Review, where at the end of every month, I take all the reviews from this past month and then repackage them again, because a lot of people don't necessarily see everything right away. It's not Especially like us where we're and stuff like that. too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and smaller movies and films that are kind of having those platform releases where they slowly start to expand. But when you're reviewing movies like we are and, 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 and film critics in general, you see so much so quickly and usually yeah. ahead of time for, for writing purposes or for um, broadcast purposes that you don't, you, you take for granted or you don't realize that, you know, a lot of people will see something that maybe you're talking about, you know, a month or two down the line, even if it right. is a bigger film. So, or at home, because more people are waiting now for, you know, a <laughs> Pixar movie to end up on Disney plus, you know, three months later. And so, yeah. you know, those are things where it's like, okay, there still is some value in a review that maybe, um, you know, doesn't meet the shelf life of, you know, coming out the week it's released, especially for this sure. time of year, because you get a lot of those platform releases, but also international films, you know, like we'll be talking probably more about um, something like Perfect Days as it rolls out in uh, January or February here, or maybe even in the early spring, because Elevation Pictures has it in Canada. It's a neon release and we've already reviewed it, but, you know, mentioning it again on, you know, best of lists and things like Absolutely, that. So, yeah. so films like that, it's, it's, I think it's, it's worthwhile just to kind of focus on things that maybe, yeah, like you have a couple extra points that you wanted to get through in something that's more condensed or, or refined, or then you have an opportunity to, you know, add a review that maybe is outside of the purview of what we're doing in terms of, yeah, you know, the mainstream the com the stuff. Conversational stuff might be more mainstream, right? Because not, I think that's just kind of, I, I am the mainstream guy, but anything that, uh, Matt I mean, mainstream, mainstream Matt. Yeah, that's what they call me. Mainstream Matt. Uh basic bitch. Um, no, I, I do see a lot of uh I do see a lot of that stuff too, but sometimes it's just, you know, we both have lives. We um it's hard to do it. And and sometimes it weirdly you'd think that it would be harder to sit down and write and record a review, but it, when you have to get two people who have different schedules, um and meet up to do something it's sometimes harder where if eric can just record a voiceover and i have b-roll and he sends it to me and i work on my own time to edit it together like sometimes that's easier than both of us finding time especially in this small condo right like i i love my wife and i don't want to have to uh you know subject her to listening to eric and i usually just a one-way conversation because she only hears my side um in this tiny condo where she has to sit in the bedroom or has to put headphones on when I'm recording. So just kind of giving you guys the inside baseball of like some of the reasons why we've been inconsistent, but we're trying to figure out a way to still have that consistent output and try some new things, right? Like we've been doing this, Eric, me and you have been podcasting for like 10 years. It's crazy. Ugh, it's um, gross. And it's I've been almost doing the Rogers like, thing now for 20. Yeah, it's so. less than 10 because we've known each other for 10 years or, or no, 12 years, 13 years. Yeah, because 2011 was when yeah. we first met. So 12 years, coming up on 13 years. And actually, this probably is 10 years because we probably we got in very early in podcasting and we jumped and done shows, you know, movie night and Toronto film scene. And and, and we're so uh, successful. Yeah. And other places. <laughs> and uh, now this, but uh, th I have the most fun doing this. So anyways, we'll shut yeah. the fuck up. 
Um, because I know you guys want to hear uh what we Kiefer think, Sutherland's um, top uh most stop referencing <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland. Um, so okay, let's get into it. Um, anyways, I'm excited for this year. It's going to be a good year for us, and it's going to be a good year for everyone. Yeah. Um, I want to start off, Eric, with looking back, not forward, um, to what were our most anticipated films of 2023, and see how that kind of netted out for us uh i always like doing this and looking back and going did everything live up to our expectations what were our biggest fumbles of something that we were very excited for that really didn't live up to that hype um as well as also looking at the movies that didn't come this year and then put them we always like to put those in a separate little thing and go will they make the cut this year uh for the most anticipated because there's a some there's some that always kind of carry over and then some were like well we're more excited um, for these things. Uh, so I will pull up our list from 2023 and give people a refresher of what our episode, uh, consisted of last year. And then we'll talk about, uh, did we even see all of these movies? Cause I know for me, I still am playing catch up. I was guys, I was so fucking busy the last month. I had to, I already tried to cram for the voting deadline for critics choice nominations and now that the nominations are out, I need to cram to try to catch up with a few things before voting because I do want to make sure I see everything before I vote um, in the actual awards. So there are some things even on this list that I still have yet to see but plan on watching. And by the time you're listening to this, I probably watched them. But unfortunately, we had to record this earlier just because everything I just said, the holidays are coming up and different things like that. So, so future Matt and mainstream uh, Matt. Yeah. We'll meet in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So in alphabetical order, this was our list from 2023, which we made at the end of 2022. We had Asteroid City. We had Barbie. We had Bo is Afraid. We had The Bike Riders. We had Bottoms. We had Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We had Handling the Undead. We had The Holdovers. The Boy in the Heron. I Saw the TV Glow. The Killer. Killers of the Flower Moon, The Iron Claw, Love Lies Bleeding, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, Rebel Ridge, Saltburn, Saw X, <laughs> Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, The Super Mario Brothers Movie, and The Zone of Interest. Eric, I'm pretty like I think we put together a really fucking good list last year. We I did, we did. I like, mean, getting you you know who's who's in terms of our personal selections. Oh, totally. But yeah, but I, yeah, I think we had like just a really good sort of cross section of mainstream Matt titles and sort of eclectic Eric. Um, yeah, or esoteric era. I like to think I'm eclectic too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you have you have some some esoteric tendencies. Better there you go. Esoteric Eric. Um, so aspects where it's like okay, like Zone of Interest was on there, and you know we had you know Asteroid City and Barbie, and even though I think probably the biggest disappointment on that list for both of us is something like Saltburn because we yeah. were expecting more from it, but even then, like we were aware of certain films that were coming out that maybe a lot of people weren't until they were announced at Cannes or, you know, at TIFF or, you know, the festival circuit in general, unless they follow the director or, or know the actor. And, and so like, like even with Parasite, like we, we picked Parasite before it was a, 
big deal. Yeah. So, so you what know, we're saying is this list we're is great. probably the most important list in all of, you know, the entertainment industry. Like, you know, IndieWire and Hollywood Reporter and Variety should be looking at this list of the most anticipated films of 2024 to yeah. see you know what we are the tastemakers is what we're saying <laughs> we 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 not only have taste but we know what Kiefer sutherland will be God watching damn it no in 2024 yeah so oh, they're going, coming. going through like obviously i think you nailed it with saltburn being probably our biggest disappointment um you know not a horrible movie by any means but when our expectations were up here it made this list like emerald Fennell loved promising young woman um, I still don't get me wrong. If she was making another movie this year, um, there'd probably be a debate, but I would, I I'm still excited for whatever she does next. Like I will take a, um, a, uh, a, even a derivative Emerald Fennell stylish kind of movie, uh, like Saltburn over most middle of the road things. So like, at least it was interesting in the sense of, yeah, it didn't completely work, but at least it like, had a you know a voice and a style and um and it, even if it was trying too hard at least it was trying <laughs> so right. i uh i i appreciate saltburn but i it just didn't really work for me and i know that there are some people who really love it and my wife really enjoyed it and um i i definitely see the appeal it's just uh it, it is probably out of everything on this list uh the biggest disappointment for me yeah emerald Fennell definitely took a bath on this one God. <laughs> and we slurped up the water uh, <laughs> other than that like i'd say uh, we'll go through the disappointments first before moving on i know there are a couple movies on here that were m mainstream matt picks that didn't really quite work out for eric and i know we had a debate well, also vice versa, though, there. because I yeah. think like with Bo is Afraid, yeah. you just did not dig that film where no. I was not – I don't know if I was really – I wasn't really anticipating or I, I wasn't surprised by my reaction necessarily to the Super Mario Brothers or movie Saw per 10. se. Or Saw 10. You know, those are those 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 are for the kids. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and mainstream Matt. <laughs> and mainstream oh. Matt. But – but yeah, I think like mostly everything on that list kind of tracked. There were more movies on there, though, that I think I liked even and, more a second time or yeah. maybe more than I anticipated. Like something like Barbie, like Barbie for us, I think, was partly at the point when we picked it. We weren't a sure, curiosity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But now what it's become is this cultural phenomenon and tastemakers. You know, it was all us. Yeah. yeah, we, we did it. We did it, Matt. We should pat ourselves on the back and be the, we had the, 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 the guts to of put the Barbenheimer on there. Remember we almost didn't put Oppenheimer on there. And that's and, another one yeah. talking about where like, I'm still mixed on that movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like, I like it, but I don't love it the way that some people do. And I like Christopher Nolan a lot. I think, Tenet and Oppenheimer maybe are two of his sort of I think Oppenheimer is a better movie than Tenet but there's part of me that feels like okay maybe I'm a little burnt out on on Nolan right now and maybe that's also part of the reason why and and I think that's fair because of Nolan just being so it's just funny thinking that Greta Gerwig is the savior of cinema of 2023 yeah. more than even Oppenheimer was. But mm. I mean, I, I would still say both of them together, though. Like, oh, they both did really well. Tag team and, championship for both of them. For yeah, for absolutely sure. And I'm happy that both of those movies kind of boosted 
you know, the box office and the theatrical experience and exhibitors and also just inspired a lot of creativity and people going to the movies, you know, and dressing up and sort oh, of, yeah. you know, putting together that costumes night, and stuff like that. And we've talked about it a lot on this show and, and, and things, but that night or that weekend, um, and even the weeks after it, um, were amazing to see like what you just mentioned people dressing up the success of both of those movies that just kind of carried throughout the rest of the year and looks to be carrying into like award season and stuff too it, it it's really really wild and it, it reminded you that cinema is like going the theatrical experience is important and people do love going if you give them a reason to go right like there are certain things that yes people can watch at home and you know, Disney struggled this year, and I'm sure we can have a whole episode of looking back at 2023 and kind of some of the trends that we saw in different things. And maybe that's a topic we will cover, but uh, we'll try to focus on, you know, what's upcoming this year other than our this list right here. But uh, yeah, I, that weekend was amazing. Yeah, we pretty much like certain things we knew. You know, if you're a Wes Anderson person, you're a Wes Anderson person at this point. So I think both of us really enjoyed Asteroid City. We both love Barbie. I think, but like what you mentioned at that time, I think only that first trailer came out and we were both kind of like, what is this movie and what is the tone and like, what is it about? And um, so it was a curiosity. Uh, Bo is Afraid, I think, yeah, I, it didn't quite work for me, but much like what I just said about Saltburn is like kind of I can just copy and paste it over to Bo is Afraid where I will take a you know, a, pardon the pun, ballsy Ari Aster um, <laughs> movie um, over. Uh, and if you haven't seen the movie, you don't know what that reference is, but um, over most things, right? Like Bo is Afraid didn't work for me. I understand why it works for others. Um, I, I, I'll take that nine times out of 10 over fucking Madam Web or whatever, right? Like some yeah. generic looking Actually, Madam Web, I shouldn't put in that category because it looks fucking ridiculous. But but um, also that trailer is deceiving because I think almost like, again, we haven't seen Madam Web, Web yet. We're not so talking we about 2024 yet. <laughs> no, no, I know that. I know that. We're not talking about Kiefer Sutherland yet. But but I think part of why that movie will be a bigger disappointment is the trailer because the trailer is so ridiculous. Campy and, and it's going to be boring. It's yeah. going to be boring. Like Venom was boring. Venom 2 was boring. <laughs> yeah. you, like these Sony verse MCU I almost ma- wish, adjacent like, movies yeah. don't work. And part of it is just because they're the, not interesting. Yeah. If they committed to the bit of being like a cheesy mid 2000s Final Destination kind of movie, then like. Or Catwoman. It, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, but I don't think Catwoman was committing to a bit either. No, Anyways, no, but, um, but that's what made it funny at that yeah, time sure. because it was so ridiculous when you had like the basketball sequence with Halle Berry oh, and Benjamin Brad Lord. and yeah. how that played out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it just going back to it quickly as well. It's also very funny that our highest viewed video on YouTube is the Ari Aster oh, interview. Yeah. Well, that was a great. And it interview. has no video. A... It has no. <laughs> oh really? No. It's just no, audio. It's, it's just audio. Oh right. All right. Well, whatever people want. Like, but the thing is, it was ten minutes long, and it was a good yeah. conversation. Right. That's what people want. Is like, if you look at most successful YouTube videos, it's ten and eleven minutes. Right. So that's like yeah. that's the sweet spot. Uh, okay, moving on. Bike riders uh, got punted to next year. It got dropped by Disney and Searchlight, and picked Poor up Jeff by, Nichols uh, and picked up by immediately, which is good by Focus Features. Um, 
originally was supposed to come out and then at the very last second uh disney decided against it it did even screen at was it afi or or and uh, uh telluride yeah telluride so i mean did... we missed out on accents the movie oh god yeah so i i put it onto a separate list which is our will it carry over to this year or not so uh that's one that did not come out um bottoms uh i think we both enjoyed um i think what maybe not as much as i wanted to but still like an enjoyable uh kind of ridiculous silly comedy so uh i'm i'm glad we put it on this list and i'm happy it was at least good i i didn't like it as much as shiva baby so maybe the expectations in play there but uh, I still think it's a worthy thing to be on this list and I'm glad it actually ended up being decent. Yeah. And, and I think it also continues, you know, Rachel Senna and uh, Emma Sligman's sort of, you know, uh, slow domination of sort of twisted comedies, but kind of play within the, the same kind of milieu as, as what someone like Ari Aster is right now, where there's that anxiety, sort of inducing quality to the narrative that kind of makes you question what genre is this and yeah. almost like it's adapting into something else or or mutating into something else and and you know Emma Sleeman was talking a little bit about this when she was doing the press for bottoms is that this might actually like her third film whatever she decides to do might actually be in the vein of a horror movie and if that is you know like you look at shiva baby and that has elements of you know anxiety and depression and tension kind of slowly but surely um uh, coming to a crescendo and with this like i just feel like her, she was kind of playing with with bottom she was playing more within that kind of campy enjoyable um, B movie that is in a heightened reality. And yeah. if you are interested in that, like that will hook you. But then also, I think maybe some of the serious or at least some of the, the things that it's addressing in terms of the social commentary the shifts don't completely work. don't work as well, even though they're they're admirable in terms of bringing them up and discussing them. But they didn't have the impact that maybe you would hope for in terms of finding that balance between yeah. the comedy and the commentary. Uh, next up guardians of the galaxy volume three. Uh, I think we picked the right Marvel movie. I remember we were debating on which one uh, to put in. Uh, I know you didn't love volume three, but I still think you enjoyed it, right? It was well-made. Yeah, yeah. It was very well-made. I think part of my problem with that movie was they sideline Rocket for most of this story, even though it is his story. And there are some of the beats within it that feel a little bit odd in terms of the relationship that Rocket has to certain characters, especially the way that they kind of have this emotional connection between Peter and Rocket and then Groot's just standing there. It's very much like the way that after Han Solo dies in, in Force Awakens, you have spoiler. Princess Leia going to, yes, spoiler alert, uh, hug Ray instead of yeah. even talking to Chewie. And it's like, well, Chewie yeah, has Chewie more of that relationship. Yeah. Because they're these silent kind of characters and we're well, not completely silent with Groot, but right. I definitely understand what you're 
where you're coming and, from. And also, I, I think the villain was kind of one note. I, I think, like, the villain was just that's literally... That's where I think we, you guys can go back to a review. But I, I th- for me, uh, loved it. I um, I think it hit at the right time for me. It was right at... I, it was my first movie back after my struggles earlier in the year. And it really hit me hard on both a, an emotional level and on an entertainment uh, side of things. Uh I thought it was a great closeout to James Gunn's trilogy and to those characters. Um, it did uh, at that time, we were still in that weird spot with Marvel where we were kind of up and down. I do think it's an up point. Um, so I'm, I think out of, I forget this is where my brain is at. Like what were we even debating between that? And uh, well, I think it was the Marvels, which was yeah, the other one, which actually right. wasn't as bad as a lot of people made out to be like, it, which I, think I it also was enjoyed more of I, a one-off than anything else. I enjoy the emotional impact of guardians more than, than the Marvels, even though I still enjoyed the Marvels. But I think again, to put a Marvel movie mainstream, Matt has to kind of try to still do that. So uh, I was happy with it. <laughs> and let's just ignore Ant-Man there. and the wasp quantum mania. Yeah, I forgot that was the, for the end of time. Year. Yeah. I think we were even debating between that. I, I, at God. that time, I think we were because like, we're like, oh, it could be like a big deal because, but then we ultimately were like, but it's Ant-Man. So like, yeah. we didn't. <laughs> Fuck um, it. <laughs> uh, handling the undead is one that we are going to punt because it did not uh, come out this year. Eric, did you want to talk about it a little bit? You know more about this than I do. Yeah. So it is playing at Sundance and it is a neon release and there's a trailer for it and it actually looks quite good. It's from, um, so it's not, the author has nothing to do with it, but the, the, the book that it's based on is from the same author who did let the right one in. And you right. have the two leads from the worst person in the world, uh, in this movie. And it's about, um, people in, in like the, like loved ones who have lost somebody recently, coming back from the dead and trying to be reintegrated into society. And it almost looks a little bit like, cause I remember reading the book after let the right one in. And what I remember from the book is that it's kind of split into three stories that kind of connect. And one of which is like with um, an older man who's lost someone and a mother and somebody, I can't remember the other person, but it very much like in terms of like what the trailer is, it, it almost plays almost a little bit like pet cemetery. Like it has that kind of feeling okay. where like the person that comes back, isn't really the same person anymore. And you kind of have to understand that they're dangerous and they're not completely what you okay. thought of them to be. And, and cool. so like, you have to kind of get over that. Um, now I kind of remember you discussing this last uh, year. So yeah, I mean, I put that on a list and we'll debate it when we do uh, this year's list. We should probably try to go faster. <laughs> of course we're like, Hey, uh, it's most anticipated. We're already a half an hour in uh, I'll power through the rest of the list. We don't have to talk about every single movie, but just brief thoughts uh, holdovers. I think great choice by us. Uh, one of my favorite movies of TIFF, one of my favorite movies of the year. I think it is in the running for a, uh, you know, a conversation we've had on this show before that I have with people all the time of what is the most recent Christmas classic. Uh, it's not necessarily a Christmas movie specifically, but I, I would put it as categorize it as a Christmas movie. And I think it is a great holiday movie, a melancholy kind of, you know, both sad and happy kind of uh christmas movie but i think it's uh it's great and i think we both really really enjoyed it and i think it's it's well 
worth being on this list and good choice by us yes paul giamatti forever and this is a better christmas movie than a muppet's christmas carol i fucking hate you so much <laughs> uh the boy and the heron um uh i gave this no on the, our review was four because i gave it i think three and a half and you gave it four and a half um yeah. we both liked it uh you liked it really uh, like a lot uh it was i, I saw your your great year for animation yeah, it is. And um, I, I would love to see it again because I, you know, in a haze of TIFF um, on opening night, even still being in a haze then, um, I I liked it but didn't love it. Uh, but I, I still think very worthy of being on this list and a good choice uh, by us. Yeah, we're great. I know. Um, Pat ourselves taste, on the back. Tastemakers. <laughs> um, I saw the TV Glow, another one that didn't um, come out. Playing at Sundance, though. There we go. Uh, we just chose a bunch of uh, uh, Sundance, which we will not be covering, but that's okay. Um, Eric and I uh, can't afford to go down there. So, and no, no. digital is in our future uh, for this year. So uh, unfortunately no Sundance coverage, which is probably a blessing in disguise. Honestly, <laughs> like we just let us settle down and, and figure everything out. But uh, I saw the TV glow. We'll debate that later in the show. Uh, I'm still very uh, excited for it. Uh, I'll go through the, we're going to do two at a time now. So killer and killers (laughs) of the flower moon, Um, Fincher Scorsese, um, the Fincher movie uh, I'll speak on because I I haven't seen killers of the flower moon yet. Um, (gasps) uh, Loved it. Very funny, um, stylish, exactly what you wanted from it. Uh, I think it's excellent. We both really liked it. We reviewed it. You guys can check out our review. Um, and then Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, one that has eluded me. Uh, yes, I am a basic boy, basic bitch. Uh, mainstream Matt strikes main, again. Mainstream Matt sees three and a half hours and he needs to work up the courage to go do it. Um, so I haven't watched it yet. Uh, will I watch it by the time you're listening to this? I hope so. Uh, I, it's been, I've been hovering around it since you know it came out. Uh, I really will sit down and watch it over this break because I have three and a half weeks off. So my plan three and a half weeks, three and a half hours. There you go. Watch, uh, you know, one hour per week and I'm good. Right. Um, So Quibi, baby. Uh, but obviously Eric, you, you really enjoyed it. Um, I like both. Yeah. I I think killers of the flower moon is a film that you need time to really digest even after that first watch and the meaning of it and what it represents and the conversation that it started even at can, but it is a film where I, I think everybody that sees it will definitely want to have that conversation, you know, whether it's, you know, representing, you know, indigenous rights in, in, in a favorable way, if it's focusing too much on the white characters, if, you know, the narrative is looking at the idea of how do you handle material that, you know, has tragedy sort of interwoven into the narrative. That's both from the historical aspect of America, but also thinking about whose story it is. Uh, Lily Gladstone, I think is amazing in the movie. DiCaprio, does some incredible character work that's outside of his purview and De Niro is just, you know, evil incarnate in the movie. And Scorsese, I think really is challenging himself, you know, in his eighties to kind of continue to push the form and experiment. And uh, Robbie Robertson's um, score is just fascinating in terms of how it 
sort of melds together the Western sort of style and tropes, but also, you know, bringing, bringing in that kind of rock and roll quality that you'd expect from a Scorsese movie. So there's a lot there. And then with the killer, I think it's just a fun yeah. Friday night flick, um, you know, that makes you feel seen because Michael Fassbender eats McDonald's and hangs out in a WeWork. work, you know, <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Another movie I haven't seen. It's coming out uh, this week, actually, which is the iron claw. Um, Eric, you liked it. Didn't love it. Correct. Yes, it's very good. It, it's it's yeah. a very well-made story in terms of how it plays with, again, talking about tragedy and sort of focusing on this story within the wrestling community and a family that has gone through so much hardship. Part of me is fixated, though, on something that's not included in the narrative that does feel a little bit strange. And, you know, you can go and see my Rogers TV review to kind of get the nuts and bolts of that. but honestly well acted uh, across the board i think holt mcelaney as the abusive patriarch in particular is fantastic one of those great character actors that you've probably seen in david fincher movies you know whether it be small roles in alien 3 and you know blink and, and you miss it in fight club but then also in mind hunters and then you know he's in michael mann's um black hat and he was more recently in nightmare alley briefly just one of those yeah. guys that's always really good and gets a really substantial role that kind of haunts the movie zach efron's pretty solid as well but yeah it's it's one of those films sean durkin is a guy that like i'm always excited to see and it's nice that it didn't take Same. him eight or nine years in between Again, movies yeah. to to get something made. The Nest was an underrated little kind of very movie. underrated. Yeah. And um I think I like the Nest more just in terms of his output, but yeah. uh, the Iron Claw is definitely worth seeing and more commercial than I thought it would be cool. as well. I'm I'm going to go see it with your brother and our friend Ryan cuz we're big wrestling fans. So, Sweaty Boys uh, Night Out. Yeah, Sweaty Boys just But uh, the sweat will be the crying. tears yeah, coming crying. from your face. Uh next, Love Lies Bleeding trailer just dropped. It looks awesome. We'll talk about that uh, a little bit Give later. Give me some because, of that Ed Harris with um, that wild hair. That sick mullet, bro. Um so we'll talk about that soon uh cuz we have five total movies that uh actually didn't come out this year, which seems about average for us. So which we'll have to predict which five won't won't come out that we put on this year's list. Um, Saltburn. No, I skipped over a bunch. Uh, let's let's power through a bunch. Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. Uh, I think we both really liked it. Um, fun, uh, fun movie, uh, fun movie. Tom Cruise hated Barbenheimer the most, though. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> fun movie. Um, I'm excited for Part Two, even though it'll be confusing because it doesn't look like they're gonna call it Part Two. So this movie, will so we'll never get called, Part Two. <laughs> yeah, this movie will forever be called Dead Reckoning Part One, and there'll be no Part Two ever um oppenheimer we talked about it a lot with the barbenheimer stuff so we don't really need to go over that again but i still think i'm glad we ended up putting the nolan movie because we almost didn't we were like maybe our ballsy choice will be we won't put the nolan movie um poor things uh we'll we'll talk a lot about that on you probably already heard us talk a lot about it on our uh best films of the year even though we haven't recorded that yet. That's how time works. Um, <laughs> Non-linear, even though yeah. you're working with Avid, which you have to uh, yeah, be linear no, with. No. Um, Fuck so Avid. <laughs> we, both, we both love uh, Poor Things, so that was a great choice by us. Uh, Rebel yeah, Ridge. Yeah, Tastemakers. Tastemakers, us. Um, 
Jeremy Saulnier's uh, Rebel Ridge did not come out, uh, so uh, we'll see if that makes the cut this year. Back in the pile. Saltburn we talked a lot about, which we already said was probably our biggest disappointment. So far, probably like the only one that is a huge disappointment on this list. Yeah, like like a legitimate disappointment. With Saw at 10 and Super Mario Brothers, which we can go over now, those are very matte (laughs) movies. I fought for those. Mainstream Matt fought for those to be on the list. They lived up to my expectations, baby. So I, um, I, I'm, I'm glad that they're on there, Super Mario so. Brothers five stars on Letterboxd. It's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. So um, it's perfect um, for what it for what it is. Um, so both of those, I get those aren't Eric movies. So, you know, perfect expectations for both of us for those. Yes. Um, yes. Across the Spider-Verse obviously lived up to that and more. And then the zone of interest, which was the one that you probably fought for last year that yep. I didn't know a ton about. Um, You're welcome. Jonathan Glazer wasn't someone that I, I'd really super familiar. I knew of his work, but I hadn't really watched any, anything from him. So um, I'm so glad I uh, saw that with you and it is haunting and uh, one of the best films of the year, if not the best film of the year. So um, uh, I think overall, man, really good list from last year. So I, I know uh, we are we are the tastemakers taste taste of 2023 yeah. to 2024. Yeah. So, Can we do it again, Matt? Can we bring that Kiefer Sutherland energy to 2024? All right, so let's do it. So uh, let me take a time code here. Uh, so that was our list from last year. God, um, 42 minutes into this, and we just, haven't even gotten we're, we're to back, the drafting board. We're back, baby. <laughs> uh, all right, we're going to move to the drafting of the 24 most anticipated films of 2024. Brought to you by Ivan Reitman's um, Draft Day, starring Kevin Costner. Um, R.I.P. <laughs> um so also r.i.p to chadwick boseman who's also in that movie yeah, he's actually very yeah, good in that film yeah he is actually that movie is not great though no. um all right so how where do we want to we have five movies from okay let's let's start with this is there anything off the top of your head cold that, calling you that you are really excited for in 2024 there's lots man but just one. Just name one that, like, you feel like it has to be on this on list. list. Can it's it be, gotta be is there. It, is it a mainstream Matt pick or am it I can be something that Matt, both It can us. be mainstream Matt. mainstream Matt. It can be esoteric Eric. It can be Kiefer Sutherland. I'm it can be whatever out, you want. I'm going to throw out one that I think is going to be on both of ours that I think is almost a lock if we're picking 24 movies, yeah. which is Bong Joon-ho's Mickey 17. Yes. I'm going to yes. throw that out there. I feel Taste like that, maker Matt is here to play. I feel like that is one that I know we're in agree in, in agreement with that is probably going to be on the list, like no matter what. So I'll throw that one out first. Uh, I love it. So anyways, how this is, is going to work, guys, we're just going to throw out movies. We're going to start throwing them on this list. If we get more than 25, we're going to have to start you know fighting 24. over things or 24 sorry please um, Kiefer, don't get don't get him mad sometimes eric and i make deals of being like let me put saw 10 and super mario brothers on the list <laughs> saw 11 be on like, this list eh, we'll see we'll see um so uh i almost think it has to i, I almost think you have to, to put yeah, it it's on a tradition if it's halloween it must be saw um oh, for fuck's sakes so uh i'm gonna throw out mickey 17 first as a uh pretty much lock 
for the list. Yeah, I think that's locked and loaded. I mean, it's Bong Joon-ho, so automatically, you know, that's something that I think a lot of people, including ourselves, will be interested in. He's teaming up with Robert Pattinson. Um, it's following up Parasite, so there's going to be even more anticipation and hype around it. His English language movies don't necessarily have the same kind of, I guess sort of overall critical acclaim like Okja did well and Snowpiercer Ocha, did dude. well but uh, they're both great they're both great but I do think that there is a, a, a section of people that like yeah. you know his Korean films more totally, than yeah. his sort of um multi sort of language and cultural uh films but I love everything of his like yeah, he hasn't so really I, made so, a yeah. bad movie so of course Mickey 17 you know, is going to be on this list, uh, whether or not it comes out in March, which I don't think it will. I think Warner Brothers will probably punt it to later, punt it to later in the year. They'll probably try to get it to play at can because yeah. why not? Right. I mean, Parasite played at can, you know, well, yeah. re- return to the place where you won the Palm door with a director who my wife saw Parasite at can and I'm God damn it. That, I yeah, that must that. have been uh, like, again, like one of those once in a lifetime experiences. You know, we just saw in LA uh, across the Spider Verse sort of the the, the live uh, music yeah. accompaniment with, with Daniel Pemberton uh, conducting and playing alongside the Los Angeles Symphony. So, you know, like those are those kind of experiences that you do really cherish as a film goer because they don't happen often. So, something like you're just saying, where Nevis got to see you know, Parasite in that year where that Parasite premiere, and yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood both played the festival um, is incredible. And so, like, that's another reason why I think, like, even, you know, we were very critical of TIFF last year because they didn't get a lot of the titles that we came to actually love later on. Yeah, You know, when you get a movie that surges at a festival, especially when you're watching it like that. It's so exciting. Yeah, so yeah, Mickey 17 in, but yeah. has to be on this list. So then I'll throw it back to you. Anything that you think is going to be a, it doesn't actually have to be a lock. It can be whatever you want. I just thought I'd throw it locks first, but yeah. You want so my, my most anticipated film of, of this year, I think probably would be a lock for both of us. Uh, Steve McQueen's World War II um, drama Blitz, which is about the London bombings in the 1940s. You have Saoirse Ronan in the lead role, uh, Steve McQueen, another filmmaker who hasn't made a bad film and continues to push the medium as a visual artist and, you know, finds interesting ways to tell stories that you wouldn't otherwise predict in terms of how they're structured and you know has really amazing commentary within you know big blockbuster films because you Mm -hmm. look at how underrated widows Widows, is and you look at that one sequence in the car which is just criminally underrated that movie yeah so you know with with him making this world war ii movie with apple i i'm very excited to see how that's going to turn out and especially because mcqueen i think is if not the best working filmmaker, um, especially in our time. And he, I mean, for, for me, hunger is one of the, if not one of the best debuts ever. So um, I will always be excited to see his new Steve McQueen movie. Same here. So uh, I'm okay with that. I think that is as close to a lock as you could possibly get. Uh, Same with John Locke. Uh, I'm going to throw out 
that one that might not be a lock, but mainstream Matt needs to throw it out there. I think because of certain reasons, it might not, but I still think it will make this list. Uh, I got to throw out Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, okay. I'm I'm very, very excited for it. Um, yeah, I think that's maybe the one mystery or like I, I like the Maze Runner movies. Don't get me wrong. Um, I, I think West Ball did a, a, a good job with those movies. I think they're kind of weirdly underrated in the young adult you know, genre. Um, I actually thought they were pretty solid. And I think his aesthetic and and doing those movies really fits what they're going for with Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Um, I just, I love that new Planet of the Apes trilogy. I call it the Matt Reeves trilogy, but really he only did two out of the three. But um, I think they, those movies are underrated, even though they did very, very well. I just don't feel like they're talked about on the same level as some other like big Hollywood blockbusters. So I'm so glad after Disney acquired Fox that they, uh, it doesn't surprise me because it's the one uh, like a, a big franchise Fox had, but they're continuing that in the same continuity, even though it's 300 years later um, and uh, none of the current apes or, or at least this new leader, whatever the movie's going to be about um has any knowledge of caesar which doesn't make sense to me at least that's what i've been reading but uh i i love those planet of the apes movies i'm excited to see them continue uh i liked the teaser that they dropped i liked the time jump um i think west ball especially him now doing the legend of zelda movie as well um which is going to be live action which is yeah well, i probably would have preferred like an animated film but i i'm i'm open to um if they go the um, Tears of the Kingdom kind of the mo- more modern Zelda games, if they go that continuity or that storyline, I could see his aesthetic again working pretty well with that. But uh, I think my curiosity of him doing that movie as well. So uh, I'm going to throw that out there. I don't I, I'm not going to say it's a lock because we could get to it and go, OK, maybe we're going to bump Planet of the Apes off. But I think right now I, I, I have a good feeling about being excited for that movie. I'm also excited about it, and I, and I think like you're right where the Matt Reeves films, but even the 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 Rupert Wyatt movie, um, still very good, are hugely underrated as a franchise and some of the best motion capture in film. You know, like yeah. the de aging, I don't think has been completely successful. Even when it is good, it's still artificial in some way. But the way in which we see, you know the apes and sort of the primate characters come to life in these amazing performances led by Andy Serkis, you you do have this sense of, of a connection to the characters and it doesn't lose anything because, you know, there's a part of you that really does appreciate the man in the suit or the woman in the suit where even though you can tell it's not real, there's a practical quality to it and it won't date the way that some technology does, but the, the way that the Planet of the Apes movies that Matt Reeves has directed have dated, they're 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 aging like a fine wine in yeah. terms of CGI and practical effects. And partly I think it's to do with performance and 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 Matt Reeves' direction and understanding the technology and you know looking what he kind of did with the character of Caesar and his arc from you know rise down to war and and those movies really play beautifully individually but as a whole and kind of really represent 
the entire franchise, you know, going back to the original 1960s and, and even what, you know, Rod Sterling was doing with the adaptation. So yeah, it's, I think it is very much worthy of being considered and probably near a lock anyways. And just again, an underrated franchise as a whole. I appreciate that. Okay. Like I made it. I mean, I appreciate it because I put it on the list. Uh, Okay. Uh, Do you have another one? I do. Sean Baker's Anora, uh, a film that was picked up by Neon. Uh, Sean Baker is a director as well that I think one of the best American filmmakers working right now, kind of experimenting with sort of a hybrid of um, heightened realism using uh, both uh, professional actors and non-actors in creating environments and situations that are tense, funny, and have something to say uh, about the world we live in now. We both loved Red Rocket, which had an amazing Simon Rex performance uh, in that. And then, you know, before then, the Florida Project, which was both heartbreaking, but funny and subversive. And then Tangerine, like this guy is on a roll. He really finds incredible nuance and people to put in his films that you are just completely fixated on and Anora sounds like it will be in that vein there's not a lot on it in terms of a description right now but you know following those movies I already mentioned it'll be very exciting to see what Anora becomes and it probably will play uh can because a lot of his movies have played, uh, whether, you know, in competition or not, uh, at Cannes. And so with Anora being picked up by Neon so early at the American film market, like Parasite was, it says something about the quality of the film and also thinking about, okay, this is a cast of, of mostly unknowns. Mickey Madsen, who's probably best known for uh, her role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She's the one that gets lit on fire by Leonardo DiCaprio. She's also in Scream 6, uh, 5, pardon me, because I keep on thinking, yeah, so, so Scream 5. Um, so really exciting to see Baker kind of continue on his way in terms of creating American stories that click i think with with the modern day audience love it you know i love sean baker so i'm absolutely down for that and i think that's as close to a lock as you could get as well um i'll throw out uh another movie by another filmmaker i think we would both have this on our list although because of its release date i it could easily be the one of the movies that gets punted into 2025 but you gotta throw jordan peele's next movie on yes his untitled Um, film this like you said though it could very well be a movie because of the strikes and everything being yeah it's moved around end of december of 2024 right like christmas day right um yeah so i think you know unless it starts rolling early next year i can see that possibly coming out in 2025 which i'm gonna say it now it probably will but i i'd hate to not put it on this list does that make sense (laughs) yeah Yeah, well especially when you think of okay it's a universal film um the date is still set but then you also have another movie that i think is going to be on this list that is also playing at that time as well next year um go for it now nosferatu yeah i had yeah robert eggers nosferatu yeah i uh 
which is also the same exact day, right? Or yep. or at least yeah. So I could see Nothing says Christmas like Dracula. And they're both universal and they're both uh horror movies probably, yeah. right? So But um, I think Jordan Peele's has some sort of Christmas theme or adjacent to interesting. it. Interesting. Yes. So I think maybe they will. So would it get punted a whole year? If they don't, it might be. I mean, you Christmas. give you give Jordan Peele the time. Oh yeah, he and he's needs, working on that you know? game with Kojima now. So who knows? Uh, or maybe he was doing that during the strike because that wouldn't have been breaking any rules. So um, although, wait, he he's a writer and a director and an actor. So, um, but if he's not acting in it, yeah, if he's just writing uh, video games or helping work on that, so that's interesting. Uh, I agree. Throw Nosferatu on there. You know, let's stick within the universal monsters i think the radio silence universal monster movie too sounds really interesting i don't know if it makes this list but i'll throw it out there do you know which one i'm talking about yeah so this um, is the one with uh they're reteaming with melissa uh, barrera right yes yeah. so uh it's basically again uh the rumor is that it is inspired by dracula's daughter uh, which would be amazing if that's the title dracula's yeah. daughter so uh revolve around 2000. a group of kidnappers abducting young people um universal stated that the film will be a unique take on the legendary monster lore and will represent a fresh new direction for how to celebrate these classic characters r.i.p um, dark universe i don't i mean i've liked their scream movies um and ready I, or not yeah and ready or not so um i'm willing to throw it on there is it we'll we'll talk about it later Um, yeah because we don't know we don't know a lot about it either like it's 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 a film where i think those guys they're they're solid they're they're really solid journeyman directors and they're good genre filmmakers but at the same time is there that anticipation in terms of putting it on a, a best of list where almost like if we did like lists that were based on like um curiosity or oh, totally. uh you know potential um but I think the surprises. potential of what it could be can still be anticipated, right? Like oh, definitely. I, I, I think Dan, Dan Stevens got, is yeah, in Dan it too, Stevens, right? you got Kevin The guest Kevin, himself. <laughs> Kevin Durand from Lost and other things. Oh god. Oh there's um, there's a minus right there. Um, I, I I liked him on Lost. He's kind of terrible in a lot oh, of stuff. I, I don't disagree but uh Catherine newton who i like Giancarlo uh esposito um so yeah I, I mean again i'm throwing it out there because we were on the horror universal monster right. movie thing i i don't know if it i mean there's a difference though between it. willem dafoe looking like the hat box ghost and, yeah, and the radio funny. silence guys making Dracula's daughter 2000, yeah. which I would be amazing <laughs> if it was a sequel to Dracula 2000 with Gerard yeah. Butler as Dracula. Yeah, love it. Love it. Um, do you want to throw another one out? Yes, Matt. I think this is something we might both agree on too. Uh, David Lowry has a film that he is finishing up oh, called right. Mother Mary. And this is about a famous fictional musician and fashion designer teaming up or having uh, barbs. And it has uh, Anne Hathaway in the lead role. So I'm very excited for anything David Lowry, you know, even, even Peter Pan and Wendy, which wasn't perfect. There was elements with, but yeah, within it that I think worked. I, I thought Jude law was very good in that movie, but Lowry's one of those guys like a Steven Soderbergh, 
where every time he's working on something, you always kind of get excited about absolutely the possibility of what it could be. You know, I absolutely agree. Love David Lowry. I will David allow it on allow it. <laughs> um, I'm gonna throw out Alex Garland's Civil War as the next Ooh. one. Um, I know men didn't quite work for everyone um a movie that i think you were mixed on right mixed positive yeah, yeah but it felt it felt like it would have been an even better short than a feature i understand that um the trailer for this just dropped and i think um you know with death stranding news from a24 and this uh, this looks to be their most expensive movie. It looks like it's bordering on that blockbuster territory, unsettling because of everything that's happening right now in the world. That it was a America, uh, uh, a, a, an interesting time to drop that trailer. But I, I do think it looks really, really fucking good and um, exactly the type of you know I I love this alternate you know future history kind of thing borderlining on apocalyptic but just a a civil war in the united states i think is is really really interesting and the cast is fantastic um uh jesse plemons in those fucking sunglasses is incredible um and (laughs) nick offerman uh as the president um you know reteaming him from devs with alex garland and uh i'm all in on this so i want to throw it out there as a possibility yeah, I'm with you on this one where I think Alex Garland is a filmmaker that every time he releases something, even if it's not on the same level as Annihilation and Ex Machina and Devs, I think he always has something to say and he says it in an interesting manner. Um, and this looking at it almost feels even more removed. You know, there's the science fiction aspect of it, but it's almost like A24's version of The Purge in yeah. a, in a way, like in terms of how it's being sold, uh, but with a bigger budget than even a Blumhouse production. So, you know, when you, when you think about those elements coming together and seeing what Garland can do with a bigger budget and maybe a little bit more time, um, it'll be exciting to see how it all plays together. And yeah, I, I even look at something like devs, which I still think is just phenomenal and criminally underrated um, as a mini series or, or season of television. It's so good. It is. It's, it's one of those shows. I know I love it, but you will. It's just finding the time, right? Like it's, it's, it's really hard to win. You know, you've got so much going on, but it is one of those shows that if you love Alex Garland, but also, you know, heady sci-fi, it's kind of just like the perfect melding of of worlds. So, yeah, Civil War is definitely one that I think a lot of people um, will be excited about in the spring. And, and it's not a film that's like that far away in terms yeah. of, you know, what the possibility of, of you know, potentially an exciting action thriller from a 24, you know, and this will probably give us some insight into terms of like what they're looking for moving forward because we were making the joke about like, Oh, they're going to make, you know, Michael Bay movies now where, you know, they're, they're going to take over, uh, you know, the studio system in a way. I just did that deal with the rock, right. For that UFC movie and stuff like that too. So, uh, they definitely are trying to make bigger movies or, or more commercial movies for more mainstream map movies. You know, I, I mean, I love, a 24 before that too but it's interesting to see if they're just going to try to balance you know both the weird art house stuff with a little bit more mainstream 
stuff that has either an edge to it or a message or or saying something. I'm interested to see what this new kind of direction for them will be. So I'm curious and Civil War looks great. So yeah, I'm down. Uh, Your next one, throw one out there. Yes. So I'm looking at some films right now because it's it's strange because we were talking about the Jordan Peele movie and part of what's going on right now is that we don't know what's, you know, going into production this year yeah. what is going to it's a weird up. one because of the strike too right like i went through the release date calendar the first half of the year has a shit ton and the second half is pretty quiet from yeah from release dates that we have you know what i mean yeah and so i'm just looking at this this list and it is a little bit more slim just in terms of what we're looking for here but a film I would like to consider because the first two have been pretty solid. This is this is kind of like another Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes thing where it's it's it could be more almost or 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 the Radio Silence thing where it could be more of a curiosity than it is maybe a contender. But I would like to see what Ty West does with Maxine, hmm. his final uh, film with uh, Mia Goth in the X. A trilogy of films with X and Pearl. Yeah. Um, and because it's set in the 80s and it has kind of an all-star cast of um, kind of bigger names than the last two films, uh, it'll be very interesting to see how the narrative plays. But it also could just be something where it's more of just a, a sort of entertainment or, first and yeah. foremost. Yeah, yeah. And, and so with that, it could go either way. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely down. I um, I enjoyed the hell out of those first two films, and I think because of how good those first two films are, makes it worth considering for this. Because I don't think we would have put Pearl or, um, uh, oh my god, why am I blanking on the first one? Oh, uh, X X. Of course, it's X. You fucking idiot. <laughs> um, uh. <laughs> I'm looking at the logo for Maxine right now. I'm like, yeah, of course it has three X's in it. Idiot. Um, I think both of those movies are so enjoyable that um, I think it's, it's earned that for sure. So um, yeah, let's throw it on there and, and we can uh, uh, think about it later. Um, once we get there, um, I'll throw out. If this movie, again, it's so hard to tell like what's going to actually come out because certain things have to get our, go back into shooting and like will they finish post-production before the date they originally had and things like that like i'll throw out right now and we can debate if we think it's going to come out this year gladiator 2 is it coming out this year i think it will i think that does come out this year because ridley scott is just a war horse when it comes to like he like he'll i think he's pretty i think the movie is pretty much finished now yeah. like paul mescal has been kind of doing the rounds for yeah. all of the strangers and talking about it and i think they only had a couple more weeks to shoot so they're probably like even right now just finishing it up and and i think ridley scott was even editing the film what they had during the strike so i think that that will be a film that comes out this year um, it might be at the very end of the year now, just in terms of like post-production and, um, you know, considering so I'm like, throw that out because I, th- yeah. I feel like, you know, uh, you have to throw Gladiator 2 on here. I think with Paul Mescal leading, you have Denzel, 
You got uh, our boy Fred Hershinger. Just he took a little bit of a break this year. <laughs> he was well. He replaced Barry Keoghan though, too, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm I'm you know Pedro Pascal. You know it's uh, really going back to you know Gladiator. I'm I, I think this is something that definitely will probably be on this list. Yeah, I agree with you. I I think it is a film that's interesting that we're we're finally going Ridley Scott's finally going back to the well on this one. He yeah. he's already kind of rehashed Blade Runner as a producer with Blade Runner 2049 and with, you know, Prometheus and Alien Covenant and this is like his other you know, obviously Thelma and Louise, but that's one that you really can't go back to. Um <laughs> but yeah, pretty cool. Although it'd be very depressing. Um, oh, I know. And horrible. Uh, but with with Gladiator, that's kind of like his last big kind of movie in that terms of like wanted his for a while, right? Yeah, and and yeah. and you know, I think there is that. It but was never it going to go either way, but I yeah, just, it, I... and it was never going to happen. But like the version that people wanted for so long Wasn't was like that Nick in Cave and yeah, and 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 uh, Warren Ellis script where it was him fighting Hades in in yeah. hell and that sounds um, awesome though too, oh it does right? it sounds amazing <laughs> but w- once you become an Oscar winning film you can't be fun anymore yeah that's true you know um, um I yeah. think it, it's something we can debate it later too but because again Ridley up and down for me but um I, I think Gladiator 2 is going to be one of the most anticipated films of the year for sure uh, yeah okay anything you want to throw out next yeah, I know this is going to be one that is probably going to be me having to defend this. And, you know, I, I'll admit, like, the trailer wasn't as interesting or as 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 compelling as I wanted it to be because I loved the last one so much is Furiosa. I think Furiosa definitely uh, has to I'll, at least be considered. Yes, I, I will. I will say, OK, we can put it on the list because, like, um. I'm not going to veto a, a Mad Max Fury Road sequel. That would be insane. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I are prequel, but um, I, yeah, it does nothing for me. Uh, trailer did nothing for me to win me over. Um, didn't really love the look of it. Um, I, I, I love everyone involved, but I mean, uh, Anya Taylor Joy, I'm sure will be good. Chris Hemsworth looks like fat Thor in it again. <laughs> um, I, I, it looks a little like Gimli. Yeah, that too. But I, I don't know. Yeah. It looks like more Mad Max. I don't, uh, which a lot of people love, but um, not, I, this is one where I'd be like, okay, hey, if I'm giving you Furiosa, even though no sane person is arguing Furiosa for Saw 11, <laughs> but right. I'm, I'm, uh, I don't even know if Saw 11 is going on the list, but I'm throwing it down there now. I think throwing... it should. I think Saw 11 should go on the list just to keep up with the tradition. Oh, we should. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm throwing Saw 11 right after your Furiosa and that will be. Uh, our that will balance out one. the two. Yeah. Our one for one trade. So um so we're at number 14 now so we're 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 getting there so uh if, is there another one that you want to throw out i'm just looking at like right now i'm I like literally going through letterbox like, lists yeah yeah please do um i'm gonna throw out uh twisters i think i have to throw <laughs> twisters um i think because lee isaac chung is, is directing it and um you know minari i think is excellent uh twister is 
very uh, nostalgic. It is my one of my wife's favorite movies. Um, I think is an iconic '90s um, um, thriller. Um, I think the cast is great with Glenn Powell and Daisy Edgar Jones and and more. Um, I think also just because, you know, it might be him taking a paycheck, but I think following up Minari with this, I think is very interesting. Well, he also did the episode Um, of the Mandalorian, which actually was was probably one of the better ones in season three, right? Exactly. So I, I, if he can bring some of that to twist a twister sequel, like I got to throw it out there as a potential, like maybe we get there and and it doesn't end up on the list, but I'm going to throw that out there. Yeah, I think that's worth considering. I'm not the biggest fan of Twister. I, I it's one of those movies I, I think it just for some reason or another, I just never had the nostalgia for it. even though I love Bill Paxton to death. I never understood and, and Philip Seymour Hoffman, you know, like guys like that and Todd mm-hmm. Field, you know, uh, yeah. uh, the, the tar master himself yeah. um, who should be directing this, you know, yeah, tornado. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but there is a part of me as well that just feels like it's kind of of that 90s milieu that is now past in terms of like breakthrough special effects with oh that's the why twisters I have no themselves idea what to expect but like i'm i'm curious it goes in that curious pile for me yeah because i like john yon when he was making movies at that point because he started as a cinematographer working for people like ridley scott with black rain um i think speed is probably still that guy's best film and and like i totally get the obsession with that movie and like just like the rewatchability um but with yeah with twister i just never i never got into it the way that a lot of people like you and and nevis did and and there was that period in the 90s where disaster movies were coming back again like the 1970s because you had twister you had you know volcano deep impact armageddon a lot of these movies that would come out around the same time as each other and would be competing films so there is a curiosity, I guess, with technology and also having an indie filmmaker coming in and telling a story that maybe will have more than just a shallow focus on the characters. Because when you watch Twister, I mean, Helen Hunt and Bill Paxson's characters aren't really that well-developed to begin with. So you're not really missing anything narratively um, with with those characters. So it's mostly about the spectacle and how horrible Carrie Ellis and Zach Grenier get killed. of that movie so will there be that carnage but then you think of as well like the last kind of big twister movie that warner brothers released through new line was into the storm and that movie was very much like a c-level film that i think it's a theatrical release bigger thing than that I, i i do too but but i do think it can go one of two ways where it depends on the technology, but also how the filmmaker uses it. And because Lee Isaac Chung, you know, ha- has worked a little bit in, in one sort of arena with the Mandalorian, but yeah. the Mandalorian was already set up and established. So I you're basically an entering a sandbox. I the movie that I think will be unexpected. I, I, yeah. I really do think that it'll be better than people expect it because of that. That's why I'm, I have, I have a good, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting year because I'll throw out other things as well. You have Barry Jenkins' Lion King movie coming out, right? Like, yes. like which I, also I, could be a film that is delayed because you never know. Because like, sure. the, like I feel like the tech on that could still need like a little bit more time. Um, but like 
any other if it wasn't a Lion King movie, I think it would have been one of the first things we mentioned, right? Like a new Barry Jenkins movie. And he also he wrote um Rachel Morrison's uh directorial debut that's supposed to be coming out next year, Flint Strong as well. Yes. So um yeah, I'll throw out the two Barry Jenkins things. They don't I, I, just as a talking point or if we like the Disney stuff's interesting next year because like we don't have a ton of Marvel stuff. So like even then I know you'll fight against it, but like Deadpool three, right? Yeah, I'm fighting um, against that. Um, I'm throwing it on there now just because like out of any of the Marvel things like that's the thing that I'd probably be most excited for. And the Mufasa thing I'll throw out because it's Barry Jenkins. Like I, I think yeah. if it's anyone else, I, that, that clearly I don't think makes the list, but, uh, just cause like, I enjoyed the Lion King remake for what it was at that time, because it was early enough in the, in the Disney remakes that, um, and the, the tech and things like that, like it was, even though it's a shot for shot remake essentially, but um, it was fine. Like I, I, it hasn't stuck with me. I haven't rewatched it or anything like that, but I don't think if it's just journeyman or woman director, like making that movie or someone that were it's not Barry Jenkins. I don't even think it gets a talking point, but I think because of Barry Jenkins, it's, I'm just throwing movies up there now that we can start to weed them out later. But yeah, um, I think that's fair. Yeah. Mainstream Matt and his basic bitch choices. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a fair assessment though of the Mufasa film, because if it wasn't Barry Jenkins or if it was John Favreau coming back, part of you would, would say, okay, well I don't care. And it's like with Lee Isaac Chung, where there's a curiosity of a filmmaker who's known for independent cinema and character based dramas and movies sort of really about, people and so how does that translate into a big budget spectacle that is very much you know computer animation or cgi heavy or motion capture whatever you want to call it um especially when you look at the lion king saying that it's live action when it's not um it's an animated film really yeah and and so you know those elements could still overpower any aspect of the Barry Jenkins emotional core or human elements that are, you know, very much prominent in all of his other films. And so this could very much well be that paycheck movie that helps him get another Beale street made or another moonlight made. And it's like, you know, thanks for the, the, the check. But at the same time, he's at a point in his career and life that it's almost like you wouldn't want to waste you know, these years making something that you could probably do, you know, 10, 20 years from now and also, you know, make that bank and then, you know, go and do something else. But maybe your career is at a point where you're more comfortable with, you know, cashing in on something where, you know, Barry Jenkins right now is very much on on a, a creative streak and a peak in terms of yeah, so his for creative him to powers. Choose this right, it kind of so it says I, something. I, there, I know yeah, it, I think. yeah, I agree. Even if it is a giant paycheck as well, which is great, good for him. But like you said, that can help him make his next movie after this and things like that. Um, if you have anything else, if not, I can kind of go through chronologically and just throw things out, and we can kind of go yay, yay or nay, like yeah, and we um, can maybe even look at some of the. 
the independent uh, distributors and see if they have stuff that's coming up as well and mm-hmm. and, and, that's and everything dated and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, like obviously, we have to consider Clint Eastwood's juror number two for <laughs> one sole reason. Kiefer Sutherland's in it. Oh, God damn it. No, it's not happening. <laughs> and it's his last movie. Yeah. And Kiefer it's his Sutherland's last, last movie or Eastwood? no, Clint Eastwood's yeah, yeah. last movie. He's, he said it's his last movie. Okay. Yeah. I, I uh, that cock movie's not going to be my last film. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I need to throw that on there. I don't know. No, I'm not either. I just wanted yeah, to be considered because of Kiefer Sutherland um, being in it. I don't think anything in January is going to make the cut. We got things like that. Uh, we got Night Swim. How dare you? Uh, Night Swim has to uh, be on there. The Book of Clarence, Mean Girls, Beekeeper, uh, Self Reliance. Uh, what is Self Reliance? I I'm excited for it, even though like Jake Johnson is a director. I I, I think it might be his directorial debut. I don't know. But, oh, um, it's with uh, Anna Kendrick, Andy, right? Anna Kendrick and Andy Samberg, and it's right. produced by The Lonely Island, which is the only reason why I'm sort of excited for it. I, I, I wouldn't put it on this list, but it is something where I'm like, oh, okay, I, I do want to watch that. Um, but it might not be good. <laughs> Who knows? Um, Especially if it is getting a January release. Oh, yeah. Usually Hulu, movies that get like, released. Yeah. Yeah, like it's probably going to be fine to watch on hulu or or disney plus here but like i don't i don't know uh what else do we got i'm just gonna throw out in chronological order uh i don't know what miller's girl is that's with martin freeman jenna ortega uh sometimes i think about dying which we've already seen everyone you can go listen to our very good Uh, it is very good uh argyle (sighs) that trailer is not great I know, I know. But like if it was another Kingsman movie, I would argue for it. Um, I'm going to throw it. It might get cut, but I'm throwing it because like I do like Matthew Vaughn. <laughs> You're throwing um, it. <laughs> you throw I, I like Matthew boy. Vaughn a lot. I it's think, a good cast. Yeah, the cast is incredible. I, I think the vibe of the trailer didn't completely work for me, but the vibe of the movie might. So I'm going to throw it on there. Might get cut. Um Lisa Frankenstein, um, Zelda Williams directorial debut, um, Madam Web. <laughs> yes, you're uh, throwing that right up there. Number one, Bob Marley, One Love, uh, Drive Away Dolls. To consider, it's you know, it's the thing I'm gonna be the honest, film didn't love the trailer. love the trailer, yeah. In Cohen's it, split Cohen's, I don't know if I like as much as combined Cohen's. Yeah. Um, Cohen. <laughs> yeah. I don't like the Cohen uh, as much as I like the Cohen's. Yeah. Because um, I just, I, I'm, I, I don't I'm know. I'm a plural man. <laughs> yeah. I like brothers when they're together. Um, I, I don't know. I, That's I, what I search for online. God damn. Brothers together. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like it doesn't, it does look like a Coen Brothers movie to an extent, but like it, it's it's giving me, you know, uh, Coen Brothers. I don't like as much. You know it almost I mean? looks like a knockoff version of a Coen's brother. Yeah. Coen's, Coen, <laughs> Coen's brother movie. And when you're missing 50 percent of a Coen brother, then like I don't I don't know if it's really going to work. I'll throw it on here. Can but... you accept Ethan without Joel? And can you accept Joel without Ethan? Yeah, I know. This is a world that I don't like living in. And, and it seems like everybody's doing that now. I know everyone. Because Lana right? and Lily did that. 
Um, you had the, the Safety brothers Safety seem to be brothers are doing broken that, up. Right? Yeah, like they. Um, uh, yeah, uh, the rock. He's oh, one of them's doing the rock movie for H. It's Benny. Right? Yeah, Benny's yeah, Benny. doing all the directing and producing now, and and Josh seems to kind of be kind of just chilling out of the picture. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so I threw it on there, but it, we're getting close to twenty four, so I don't know if it's gonna Kiefer Sutherland. Um, Dune Part to. Two. Are we gonna be spicy boys and not put it on the list? I think we have I, to. I think we I, have to commit to the bit because it disappointed us so much. I know. Why are we gonna put something on that we were disappointed by and that so many other people will put in yeah, their twenty four? It, it has to earn its way back for Dune Messiah. I agree. I will say the latest trailer I thought was quite good. Um, I well, there's one reason for that. Christopher Walken. Walken. Yeah, that's exactly it. You're not even wrong. Like I thought about this the other day. I'm like, man, it's so nice to see Christopher. Walken. Cause I was thinking about Batman returns and then I was, cause it's Christmas chip, my um, boy. <laughs> and then like, but seeing him in like a big fucking movie again, like I feel like we haven't had yeah. that in a while. Right. And a good, like, like menacing yeah. meaty role. I mean, it's a small part, but like seeing him kind of be really, cruel instead of yeah. almost like the caricature of exactly. Christopher Walken. So I will say uh, I'm I'm looking forward to giving the complete movie a shot now. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? You're, like you're looking forward um, to talking with Walken. Yeah, like I, I am excited to rewatch the first movie on 4K right before the second one comes out. I mean or the first half of the movie I should say uh, yeah. on 4K right before I see the second half of the movie in theaters so i i it goes to paul it's like paul your father gave me a watch watch (laughs) put up up my ass um (laughs) so i will say that i uh i I agree with you that i think we got to commit to us not enjoying dune part one and not put dune part two on the list i know that's sorry denny sorry and denny's one of my favorite working filmmakers so i I he's great and always wonderful listening to him talk too um Will we be kicking ourselves and it Dune Part Two might rule and then make the whole? Thing <laughs> Will we lose our awesome? tastemaker status? I know, in twenty twenty five. Um, Spaceman teaser just came out today. I just want to give a shout out to Adam Sandler. Just you know, Being still serious. at Netflix, but but going. You know what? This is serious Sandler. So yeah. um, Kevin James is like, can I come too? It's like, sorry, yeah, Kevin. Yeah, Johan Rank uh, from uh, he did Chernobyl, right? Uh, yeah. So. Uh, I don't know if it makes this list, but I'll, I'll give it a, sh- a but definitely shout out. a curiosity. Um, Kung Fu Panda four. No damsel. No imaginary Jeff Wadlow. Get out of here. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have imaginary and if coming out, so. I know uh, it's love, 2024 love, is the year of imaginary. Friends. So love lies bleeding. I think we it's March 8th back onto this list for now yes, right i think we should because that trailer um, rules it is very good so give uh, me all that ed harris with no hair yeah <laughs> um ghostbusters frozen empire even as the one person who defended on this podcast the last movie the i don't know if, yeah i don't know if i try to put that on this list i, I there's other block like I only want to put so many mainstream Matt movies on here. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to have a good mix. Uh, and I don't think Ghostbusters Frozen Empire makes that cut. I'm sorry. Matt, Matt's um, mix of mainstream. I, I I can't in good faith put Ghostbusters Frozen Empire uh, on there. So that's not making it, I don't think. Uh, the first omen. Godzilla Kong New Empire. I will 
give consider, a special shout out and possibly consider because it's and Adam, Adam Wingard. Wingard. Exactly. You're you're on my wavelength. It's getting a, a consideration because of that alone. Uh I love the guest that much that the guestzilla. <laughs> um guestzilla is is being considered. Uh Rebel Moon Part Two, the Scar Giver. Uh haven't seen part one yet. So <laughs> have you? No, I have no, not. Yeah, I don't even know if I will. Um, so that's not making it. Um, we we considered the Radio Silence uh, Universal Monsters movie. We have Civil War. Oh, uh, Challengers. Uh, yeah, Challengers I would consider. I, I, I like the trailer, and I think it's one of those movies that could be more entertaining than it is maybe. Like Luca Guadagnino, I think, is a really solid filmmaker, and everything he does is definitely worth checking out, but I get the feeling that he's having more fun with challengers. It weirdly actually reminds me a little bit of like shampoo and it's sort of playfulness. Um, but I wouldn't be down to consider it. You yeah, know, I, 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 I would, I mean, of the Zendaya movies that we can consider for sure. 2024, Dune gets cut, chal- <laughs> challengers makes the cut. Uh, the fall guy. No, that trailer um, also talk about a bad trailer. Like it tells you everything that's yeah. going on, but it also exhausts you while you're watching it. Yeah. It's one of those things where I might could be a fun watch with my wife or something like that. But like, I, I, I don't know. Um, what do we got now? Back to black. Don't know what the fuck that is. Oh, Sam Taylor Johnson. Horror That's uh, the Amy Winehouse uh, oh. biopic. Oh, right. I, I never, uh, no offense to no. Amy Winehouse, but it doesn't. The uh, documentary is a lot better. Yeah. Uh, if not making the cut, I'll guarantee <laughs> goddamn tea that. Uh, you don't want to see the grimace knockoff voice by steve carell dude it's bad and i get it's a kids movie i get it i get it there's a lot of kids movies that got bad reviews when we were younger that i loved as a kid and i still love as an adult and i never understood why they got bad reviews but like but a movie about imagination the trailer has no imagination yeah the character design looks uninspired like it looks really cheap looking with the mix of cg and and live action and um i thought it was a very very bad trailer and maybe it's for super young kids but like um I, I, even the uh, annoying behind the scenes thing that they put out right away too of like Ryan Reynolds being like, who's voicing we were, what characters. Um, yeah. And then Ryan Reynolds is like, it's like uh, John really wanted to make a live action Pixar movie. It's like, just fucking watch a Pixar movie. I don't need yeah. a live action or, or just like, get Jeff Wadlow to make this movie. <laughs> God. So anyways, if it's not making the list, uh, Furiosa is in contention right now. Garfield, not making the list. Sorry. Kingdom not not this year's Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes in contention. Uh, ballerina. I mean, you had John Wick on your on your John Wick t- four. Yeah, on your top of the year, and it's I didn't great. love it. Which is I didn't love it as much as you did, which is baffling to me because I'm the guy usually who likes the John Wick movies. You love trash. Um, <laughs> And I, it's the one that I don't like as much as you, which is, it's so funny how that works that way. Like I, I, yeah. I liked chapter four. I just, it didn't, I thought it was too long and, and um, I don't know. It overstayed its welcome. It has some really good shit in it, but um, I think I, some great cinematography. Yeah, totally. And, I don't, and... I don't disagree with any of that, but it just didn't hit me like it did other people. That might've been when I saw it, the hype levels, all that kind of stuff. But 
it's definitely epic and i love that franchise for uh elevating each movie and like trying to outdo the last one so like i did appreciate it a uh, ballerina i don't have like especially with len it's also len wise yeah yeah like I, it's not i i'm just talking about it because it's in the same john wick universe right and that john wick tv show with mel gibson and shit didn't do anything either but yeah the continental um, yeah so um yeah well len yeah. wiseman's enough to put to 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 take that off the list because talk about one of the most bland oh, directors yeah, yeah, yeah. ever yeah uh we have two Shyamalan movies uh this year we have Aishana Shyamalan's uh, 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 debut, and we have M Night doing um, uh, another film. So, do yeah, any no, no, uh, no nepotism there. I don't think either makes the list. If I'm no. being honest, but I still um, want to see them because I, yeah. I, I still like even Knock at the Cabin. I did not care for. Yeah. Um, but I'm still like, oh, this could like this this next one with Josh Hartnett could be the one. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, we talk about it nonstop. That I'm always cheering for that guy, and if his hopefully his daughter's a great director too. Who knows? Yeah, no nepotism um, here. No, never. No, 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 no. Um, Inside Out two, we got to throw it on uh, for uh, contention. The first Inside Out is fantastic. I thought yeah. them covering puberty and um, anxiety, anxiety and stuff like that is a really perfect and clever way to continue uh that so i think we usually at least have one pixar movie one marvel movie on on these lists and i yeah. think inside out 2 is the one uh that will both be I it's got to be better than one? elemental yeah because elio i think got, got moved pushed, to 2025 right? yeah uh bad, bad boys 4 i'm excited for it i'm not gonna put it on this list but yeah. um i don't even will know Smith if it slap comes at out someone? right like it, i doubt that that gets that makes a june release date Have no no shot no that? no i don't th- I, no i don't think uh, they've even started but they'll that'll probably be 2025 and they'd probably want to release that actually like at the beginning of next year because of how well that first movie did like obviously it was right before the pandemic closed everything down but it did extremely yeah. well in january so they'll probably do january 2025 if they yeah. start shooting soon because there's no way it comes out um God, it's like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna change the marquee. It's Martin Lawrence and Will Smith now, yeah, not yeah. Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Um, I think, like I, I'm a huge fan of these movies. I don't know if it makes this list, but A Quiet Place Di- Day One is coming out. Um, and it is from the director of Pig, so which is cool. Yeah, I'm throwing it on there as a potential. A Quiet yeah. Place Part one i forgot he was the the one directing it and the cast is yeah. really good too so um you have lapita nyong'o um uh, uh alex wolf jaiman hansu joseph quinn's getting cast in a lot of stuff because of stranger things oh god he is he gonna be the new timothy chalamet or he you know chris pratt and stuff right and it was a rumor that he's playing human torch and fantastic four as well but <laughs> human like, torch. i like the so, way you said that human hum- torch human torch uh, we I can't put the in good faith put the Kevin Costner movie on here. <laughs> like I can't. either one. <laughs> yeah, part one or it part would be two. funny if you only did part two, <laughs> not part one. Uh, <laughs> looking forward to the second one, but not the first one. Um, yeah, I, I hear the second one's like Dune two. It picks up there. Uh, it just doesn't really 
seem like it, it's something I'm, I'm it's the ultimate dad movie yeah. if it's like okay have you watched yellowstone like at yeah. nauseum do you want to now watch something else with kevin costner do you need six hours of whatever the fuck this is gonna be so yeah this is kevin um, costner's avatar so we're getting chapter one and chapter two of horizon and american saga uh neither <laughs> one making our list okay uh despicably despicable me four didn't even see the third one can't do minions no thank you um we uh, twisters is in contention deadpool 3 is in contention uh borderlands not gonna make the list i can't Eli no, Ross it's it's had some rumors movie. of yeah. of reshoots and troubled um post production. So. Yeah, so I I, I no. Uh the remake of Speak No Evil um with James McAvoy? Yeah, with James McAvoy. Um The Mac Daddy? Uh I don't know. I yeah. I I'm always skeptical of of English language yeah. remakes. Uh Flint Strong is that Rachel Morrison, Barry Jenkins uh movie uh barry jenkins writing uh rachel morrison um i think it's her directorial debut right um yeah uh cinema and that got delayed because of covid originally and then also ice cube was supposed to be a co-lead but then dropped out because of covid because he is an anti-vaxxer and so brian tyree henry came in to play that part so i think it's one to consider because of the barry jenkins thing as well of rachel morrison directing her first film as a director and having such a a prestigious career as a cinematographer so that's something definitely to consider yeah um alien romulus i think has to be considered i like fede Alvarez. alvarez quite a bit um i like the cast with kaylee spaney and um uh well she's i guess the lead i don't know who else is in it but um we're I, getting a lot of alien stuff now again because we have that and then noah howley is doing gearing up production show, right? on the fx series so yeah so having alvarez do a movie and and noah howley doing a show i think is cool and this movie taking place in between alien and aliens um so ridley scott loves it apparently which i don't know really says anything yeah i don't but it's funny when ridley scott loves something because he usually loves his own stuff so yeah exactly so that who knows what the fuck that means uh craven the hunter not making the list yes Um, it's making the list uh (laughs) beetlejuice 2 uh not making the list i I love keaton to death but come on yeah, I'm not even a huge Beetlejuice fan, so I can't Ooh. even say I'm getting juiced up for the second one. Like, I, I love Beetlejuice, but yeah. I, I think it's a one and done thing. Like, yeah, I agree. And it's of the time. It's it's like Ghostbusters, where it just it was a perfect time for it, and that window of opportunity for a sequel has passed because there was a time where they were trying to make a sequel where Beetlejuice goes to Hawaii, and Kevin Smith has talked about doing rewrites on the script for you know, his, his standups and specials and things like that. And, you know, there was the actual animated TV show as well. So part of, part of me is like, Oh yeah, I guess like it'd be cool to see Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice again, but then it's that monkey paw thing of, well, you know, the same thing with Batman and then look what we got. We got the flash. So, you know, careful what you wish for. <laughs> um, I will throw out, transformers one 
Um, was that the animated movie? Yeah, from Josh Cooley, who is the writer of the first Inside Out. He also directed Toy Story 4. Um, yeah. Good cast with Chris Hemsworth, Brian Tyree Henry, Scarlett Johansson, Keegan-Michael Key, John Hamm, Lawrence Fishburne. Um, fully animated, but it is being animated by Industrial Light and Magic. So I think the animation style is going to be more like what the Bay Transformers movies, or at least not maybe in the Bay ones, but Bumblebee and and Beast Wars. Oh, you think um, it's going to be CGI then? Like you don't think? Yeah, it's going like to be I don't like think it's going to be like Spider Verse. No, I don't think so. Because like from what I'm reading here, it's Industrial Light and Magic is returning to provide the animation for the film following the franchise's first six installments. So it means like it might be CG animated and the CG, like, you know, like the Cybertron sequence at the beginning yeah. of Bumble, was it Bumblebee or Beast Beasties or whatever? Beast well, Wars. Beasties has like an opening yeah. prologue in their credit sequence. Right. And then I think it was Bumblebee that has, but there's a lot of them have that have like the opening of Cybertron and yeah. the so battles. I think it'll be kind of looking everybody. like that, which is making me go, mm, okay. <laughs> like, I don't know, but, um, <laughs> If it was more like Ninja Turtles or or Spider Verse, which we kind of thought it might be, then I'd be maybe more interested. But yeah, um, okay. Saw Eleven, um, Joker, Fallet Du. Um, Part of me is like, nah. No, I don't, I don't think. I I I, I like the first movie. I think you know very divisive, but like I I do like the first movie it's been a while since i've rewatched it and i will rewatch it before this one but i don't know if it holds up or if it feels even ickier now and stuff but um i i can't i can't put it on here i can't say that i'm like needed a sequel to that and no you know i'm, I'm fine with it being this a musical and and and, and stuff like that and i am it goes in the curiosity pile but i i don't know if i'm like eagerly anticipating it no, it's um, no juror number two. Yeah. Um, White Bird, Smile 2, Terrifier 3, Lee Wanell's Wolfman. Do you think that comes out? Yeah, it's already well, it's already been announced. They they released yeah. a press release because it was going to be um, Ryan Gosling and Derek Sinefrance. And yeah. I think partly because... Gosling's working on other projects right now, like the Project Hail Mary, and also, um, I think Derek Sinefrance needed time because they, when they announced the the thing that was most surprising about that press release, is that it's coming out this year. That's what I mean. So, like, I, I that well, seems... Blumhouse Productions are quick shoots, quick, and yeah, and I think even like Invisible Man wasn't really that. Which is great. Um, so yes, I, I, we and have a lot Abbott of universal as, monster as content on here already. We might need to not put all four, <laughs> like, yeah, or whatever. Christopher uh, Abbott though is the lead. It could kind of be a quasi sequel oh, to Four Things. I, dude, I'm I'm all I love Christopher Abbott and I like Lee Wan a lot, obviously. So um, I'm here to consider it. But um, Venom Three, we're not going to consider. Um, Barry Levinson, Alto Knights, no thank you. <laughs> uh, Wicked Part One. I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll see it, and I like musicals. I know the musical. The wickedly really talented it. Adele yeah. Dazeem. Uh, I, I, I'm definitely interested in seeing it. I don't think I, 
you know, John M. Chu as a director doesn't do much for me. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing it, but I, I can't say that I'm like super pumped for it. Yeah. Uh, and it and, feels like it's been in production for a while too. Yeah, for sure. Um, the Lord of the Rings animated film, the war of the roar him, roar, roar him. The Rorbeck. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't give a shit about this. I don't know about, do you? Not really. I guess I'd be curious to see what the animation style is just yeah. because of the Ralph Bakshi version of from, I think it was like the late seventies, early eighties. Um, and that being an incomplete film, but also it's just like, I love those three Lord of the Rings films that Peter Jackson did. I, I think we're over it now. I, I don't think we need to continue uh-huh. to go back to that. Well, and like with the Amazon series, um, with the Hobbit films, yeah. you begin to question, okay, who is this for? And is there still an audience large enough to sustain this as a franchise? Because it was never meant to be a franchise. It's three books and like a short story yeah. for children. And that's it. I will you know, say you- that it's going to be hand-drawn style. So I am into that. I will. Right. I will say that. So I, I'm curious because of that. I didn't see, it's like an, it's like an anime style. So this, that might be something, the studio that's doing it. Um, what have they done recently? Oh, they did that Blade Runner Black Lotus anime, which I haven't watched, but I, I did want to, um, but some of the anime they do, they Evangelion, they did some more recent Ghost in the Shell CG stuff. Oh, so they're really they, going with anime then. That's that yeah. could be interesting. Um, they did some Shin Godzilla VR stuff. They did uh, Starship Troopers animes. <laughs> uh, I didn't know that that existed and was a thing. Um, what else have they done? something called tower of God in 2020. So yeah, they're going with kind of like an anime style, which is, which is cool, but I, I can't say that I'm, I, I would want to put it on this list. Okay. The untitled karate kid film, you know, okay. Yes. I, it has to be in consideration, but is that going to come out? Like they haven't even, and how does this fit? Yeah. How does this fit into the story? Because Cobra Kai is supposed to be at it at the end. It's coming to its final season. Yeah. And they have, they even, they haven't started shooting that yet either. Have and they? if Zapka's not in this, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't I need Zapka. I need Zapka. Cause I'm assuming it's going to, I don't know. Like I, I, it, it, I'll, I'm throwing it on there now, but I, I, I don't know enough about this to, to be excited for it yet. You know what I mean? And they haven't even yeah. cast the kid yet. Is it really going to come out? Yeah, um, I, I don't think it'll be until probably next year. Uh, um, and then and finally, no Zabka, no, no, no list. Yeah. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Uh, no. So <laughs> I, I I enjoy those movies, but um, yeah. OK, so which studios do you want me to look up or or? Cause that's OK, I'm looking at a couple release, things here that that's that, everything with a release date. And we're at twenty nine films and that's not including um, what we had left over. Well, I did have I did put bike riders. I put a bunch of them on, but um, yeah, but yes. Anyways, okay. I'm gonna be a little bit of a tastemaker. I'm gonna listen here. to you while I'm going pee. Okay, <laughs> so I'm going to be a tastemaker here. So I've been listening to Matt, but I just wanted to make sure that I double checked a couple of things here because there's no, um, 
release dates and they and a lot of these movies are in post-production but they are finished or in the process of being finished so um one film for me that i want to consider this is this is a personal thing but um I, I think it'll probably play can if it starts this year or if it kind of picks up steam is uh david cronenberg's the shrouds which is supposed to be his most personal story um uh, basically uh, Vincent Cassell plays a man who invents this device that can contact uh, loved ones from beyond the grave. And if you know David Cronenberg's work, he's very much an atheist. And so him telling this story with Vincent Cassell, uh, Guy Pierce, and Diana Kruger um, is very much a, a fascinating point in, in, in terms of you know, the spiritual aspect of what maybe Cronenberg's bringing to it, or also just his own grief and um, despair, having just recently sadly lost his own wife. So I think this could be something that's really fascinating. And I, and I loved uh, crimes of the future. And I, I'm a big Cronenberg fan, the movie shot in Etobicoke. So um, that is one I think I have to um, fight for in terms of it being on the You're list. Taking a Dorito break. Dorito Dan. Um, yeah, so... Oh, the Shrouds? The Shrouds, yes. You can even look it up and, and uh, just read the synopsis if you want to, but I think I kind of explained it. There's there's other stuff on... I'm just looking on a couple of these like letterbox lists. There's Paul Schrader's O Canada with Richard Gere that reteams the two of them um, from American Gigolo. Um, you have... Let's see here. There was something else that kind of caught my eye. Oh, shoot. Where was it? Trey Edward Schultz has an untitled A24 movie with The Weeknd and Jenna Ortega. That's the director of Waves and It Comes at Night. You have... Uh, let's see here. Uh, Brady Corbett's follow-up, um, the brutalist, which is finished, um, shooting. So that will probably be a fall festival film. If it, if it starts its way, Luca Guadagnino has another movie. Listeners. I I made a face because yes, I like Vox Lux a lot. Yes. Uh, Luca Guadagnino has queer, which is with Daniel Craig, um, that also could be a possible year-end film. I think that finished shooting before the strike. This is another one where it's like, okay, it could be this year. It could be 20 years from now. Um, Francis Ford Coppola's last movie, supposedly as well, Megalopolis with Adam Driver. That could be something of a curiosity, but also a fascination. And knowing Coppola spent you know, a lot of personal finances on the project, that's something to definitely take into consideration there's another movie here that i want you to look up matt right now yeah this was another project that ryan gosling was going to be the star of um but had to drop out due to scheduling and it's a live action uh movie that's from the co-director of anomalisa duke johnson that neon has called the actor and i just want you to read the synopsis for that because it does sound very interesting the actor film upcoming film duke johnson yeah okay what do i got here um 
The film marks Johnson's solo directorial debut and stars Andre Holland as Paul Cole, a New York actor who lost his memory after being beaten up and left for dead in 1950s Ohio. Stranded in a mysterious small town, Paul struggles to get back home and reclaim his life and identity. Yeah, sounds cool. Yep. Um, yeah, so and just thinking about like an animator who specializes in stop motion animation directing a live action film like this um, is something to definitely consider. Yep. Anything else? Uh, those are pretty much it. Those are the films that I would definitely consider. Uh, I'm just going to do one last double check. Gareth Evans has Havoc, which I don't really know much about. Uh, Robert Zemeckis is back with here. Uh, no, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't disagree with you. Pablo Lorraine has his third film in his sort of unofficial trilogy. Um, Maria with uh, Angelina Jolie. Yeah. Um, Joshua Oppenheimer has The End, which is a film about three people in a bunker that's actually a musical as well. Okay. Have you have you read the synopsis for that? No, read the synopsis no. for that. It's really good. Are we getting uh, Zach Krager's weapons or no? That's the other one, right? Because that was I think that was pretty much like good to go last year. And that was, I think, supposed to shoot in the summer or fall. Like that's the thing. Like, do we take risks and put things like that on there? I don't think we can with something that's a, a bit bigger. Like if it was something smaller, I would say, yeah, yeah. because you, they have maybe more wiggle room to shoot it and get it done. But if it's a bigger production with, you know, uh, more special effects and cast are, and things, are like we that. getting Dean Fleischer camps Lilo and stitch? <laughs> I think so. But I think that's also going just to Disney, Disney plus. plus. Yeah. I'm not putting it on the list. Don't get me wrong, but, no. um, and sorry, what was the other movie? You wanted me the on? end type in the end. It's Joshua Oppenheimer's movie. It's the uh, documentary director of, uh, the Look of Silence yeah. and the Act of Killing. The end. A wealthy family lives in an underground bunker two decades after the end of the world, which they directly contributed to. You know it's also a musical. You know that's up my fucking alley. Come on. Yeah. And it's, and it's a musical. Oh, God, we got too many movies on this list. Oh, <laughs> I thought no. we wouldn't. I thought we're we would be struggling. We're already at the two-hour mark. We said we were going to try to be more structured. <laughs> we have failed. <sighs> But it's a New First Year's episode, episode so yeah, I, I, I think this is a you know, big one, obviously. Yeah, you got to be beefy on on episode one of a New Year. Episode. We did we need to spend forty five minutes looking at last year's list? Hey, whatever. <laughs> um, oh my god! Okay, that's a twenty twenty four film. I think okay. that's good, and and I think there's you know we should also say that there's a lot of stuff that we are not anticipating because there are movies that just aren't on the radar yet. And this always happens as well, right? Like you look at something like, even though it wasn't on our list and I don't think it'd be necessarily on like our best of, but something that's, that's strong in terms of the performances and the direction and even the writing, you know, anatomy of a fall was a film that no one really yeah, there's a bunch of stuff talked that probably about made our list that we didn't have on our most anticipated, right? Like, or yeah. our individual lists of, of, of things as well uh joe talbot has a movie called the governor that that's that hasn't even gone into production yeah, yet that's, that's been I in mean. like 
some of these are hard to say because of that reason, right? Like, yeah. Um, I'm going through, um, just seeing if there's like a couple more. In I I I don't even think did this shoot yet, but I I really like the book, but I don't love the Russo brothers. <laughs> so, All right, Electric State as well. I don't. Think I think I that shot after after the last two Russo brother things. I can't. I well, especially can't because they're not associated with the MCU, right? Like that's yeah. like Cherry and the Gray Man. Yeah. Um, not not th- th- those guys will uh, not be remembered like Martin Scorsese. Sorry, uh, what's his name? Joe Russo, you garbage yeah. man, you. Yeah, I can't. <sighs> like, I love. I I really do like some of the cast with you know uh, uh, Brian Cox and and Ki Hui Kwan and um, you know you got a ton of people in this movie and I really do like the, the art book that it's based off of, but, um, I, I this is one that's like almost like a wait and see, not a, I'm putting this on a prediction list. Yeah. Because um, also you've been burned hard by the Russo brothers outside of the MCU. You just got to go back and think about cherry and be like, uh, uh-uh, this isn't going on the list. <laughs> Andy circuses animal farm. <laughs> He's been wanting to make that for a while. Yeah. Um, I'm looking if there's anything else that we missed that we might want to consider. Um, Kinds of Kindness. Yorgos has another movie. Yeah, that's the film and that he made where it's like it's, it's an anthology film, but with the same cast in each story. And that so you have people like, out? yeah, so that's Searchlight picked it up. <clears throat> so is it called and or did they change the name? They changed it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think the corporate synergy be, was like, we need to change this. That has <laughs> this to be title. contention. Holy crap. We have too many movies. Um, I always thought I'm like, oh, next year is going to be quiet. It's like when you start looking at things, you're like. God damn it. There is a lot of stuff. So, um, which is a good problem to have, but, Mm -hmm. um, okay. I think unless we're missing something, I mean, Andrea Arnold's movie kind of interests me. And so does, um, wizards with an exclamation mark. If you type in, type in wizard first, because it has uh, Pete Davidson and Franz Rogowski and it's from David Michaud who did uh, animal kingdom yeah. and um, war machine, but it does sound funny wizards with an S or I, yeah, I think so. And it has an exclamation mark. Yeah. Okay. I see that now the problems of two unlucky beach bar operators starts when they find stolen loot that really they should have left alone. Yeah, that could be fun, too. I don't know if it makes this. So, yeah. All right. We got to start weeding this down. We have 42 movies that we need to cut down to 24. So I'm going to go through all 42 really quickly, and then we can just go off the top of our heads like we can argue for something being cut. So Mickey 17, Blitz, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, Anora, Untitled Jordan Peele movie. I think the Untitled Jordan Peele movie, we really do – like it will be bad if we don't include it, but I don't think it's it's, it's even in production. Out. Like a, yeah, especially okay. with that Nosferatu yeah date. Uh, I know, I know, I know. Well, let's keep going. Nosferatu, Untitled Universal Monster movie. I think we can probably cut that. The Radio Silence yeah. one. Like I don't think that's gonna make it. If it was Dracula's um, Daddy, that would be different. 
Mother Mary, Civil War, Maxine. Do you think Maxine's going to make the 24? No, no. Not not now since we have more than enough. Maxine was almost more like a okay, let's honorable mention. Honorable yeah. mention. Gladiator 2 staying on for now. Furiosa staying on. Saw 11 staying on. Twisters. Yeah, let's keep going. Mufasa, let's keep going. Deadpool 3, I might argue for a veto because of I I I can't as mainstream Matt as Marvel Matt I have to have a Marvel movie on here, and there's oh, only God. two of them. I think, or they might be the only theatrical one, isn't it? Or like, well, it is the only theatrical one this yeah. coming year, right? And I like, I know you hate them. I do like them, and I think I, I'm curious. Anyways, we'll, it we'll will get... be a big film, though, as well. I think, like, because so it is I'm Deadpool coming into the MCU. Now, but let's keep going. Argyle, cut that shit. Yeah, sorry. Drive Away Dolls. I don't Cut think it. either of us are super passionate about it. Love Lies Bleeding. Keep it for now. Yep. Godzilla Kong. Keep it for I now. I think you can. Oh, I was going to say, I think Just maybe that it. is one you can I know. I, I'm putting it in the bottom pile right now. Okay. I'm. I, there's two different ways we're cutting things. One goes into a pile that might come back and one goes away forever. Um, <laughs> um, well, it goes away until it comes out. But I mean, hey, honorable mention to anything that we threw on this uh, list. Um, Mufasa, the Lion King. Uh, I don't know. Keep it for now. It's, it's hard because it's, it's, it's Jenkins, but that's it. That's all it is. That like, okay. it's not even necessarily even the story because maybe okay. the story does prove it's going in it, the bottom list. Like yeah. the, 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 you know, you're on the bench. You might the get second tier. Up. Yeah. You're in the, we sent you down to the minors, but you might get called back up. Uh, love lies bleeding challengers. I think that's one we could put in the minors. Yeah. Um, Inside Out 2, I would argue to try to have a Pixar movie on here. So let's keep going. Bike Riders. Will it make the cut I think we can put that. I, I think maybe we have to cut it. Now that we've seen the trailer too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll put it in the minors because it did make our list last year, but I don't think it's making it, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, a Quiet Place Part 1. Might be in the minors. Minors. I, I I do like that director. I am Same. excited for it. Um, but it might be in the minors. Uh, Flint Strong. I think that also might be in the minors, yeah, just because just the unknown of Rachel Morrison yeah. as a director and stuff. But sometimes I do like us championing like someone or, or a movie or something like that. But we'll we'll get back to that. Um. Yeah. Alien Romulus. I really do like Fede Alvarez. I love the Alien franchise. Uh, but it also feels like it's now, one. But... Yeah, it's one for now. But like at the same time, it's it's one that like. I don't necessarily feel like it could be the most anticipated yeah. as it is like, oh, that was better than expected. Yeah. Transformers 1, I think, is. Well, is especially gone. knowing that it's not like a interesting animation style, like it yeah. might just be CG. Animated. Like I'm now more interested in Lord of the Rings because it's anime, like hand drawn. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wolfman. I think that's a cut just because nothing against Lee Wan L and Christopher Abbott, but Ryan Gosling and Derek Sinefrance were a more interesting combo, yeah. and it just feels like oh, like this is that's not going to be the film we get. The Karate Kid, probably the Karate. I think kid. cut. Yeah, <laughs> Karate Chopped. Yeah. Um, we're getting closer to 24. Um, 
the shrouds. I I gotta uh, fight for the shrouds. Yeah, if you're fighting I'm for down. Deadpool, no, I, I'm, I'm fighting fine. for the I'm shrouds. I'm fine with that. You know, uh, Cronenberg. Uh, I, as much as I didn't care for, um, what am I thinking of? Did I even see it? You didn't what see Crimes that? of the Future. No, I didn't. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you can't you can't not care about it because you um, didn't see well, it. Obviously, I didn't care enough to go see it. Um, <sighs> oh, Canada. Uh, I think for now, keep it. But got to get those hot takes from Paul Schrader. I think because it's Schrader and it's called Oh Canada that it might be. Well, it takes know. place in Montreal too, yeah. and it's it's Richard Gere and him reteaming, and they yeah. haven't worked together since American Gigolo. So Let's leave it for now. We only have to cut five more. Movies. It'd be great if that movie didn't play at TIFF. Um, oh, Canada! But it played yeah, everywhere else. I know. Of course, that might happen. Untitled Trey Edward Schultz movie. I will argue for. I love Trey Edward Schultz. Uh, the Brutalist. oh yeah, there's three people in it. So Barry Keoghan, uh, Jenna Ortega, and The Weekend. Great. Uh, the brutalist. Uh, I'm all for keeping that. If you are, yeah, um, I am too. Queer. Um, you said was who? Uh, Luca Guadagnino okay. with Daniel Craig and Francis McDormand. Are we putting one Guadagnino or no Guadagnino on the on the list? Is basically. I think we should put this in the minors for now, but then maybe bring it back in case because I also okay. feel that they're going to push Daniel Craig for best actor this for that year for next yeah. year. Um, Megalopolis. I think that needs to. Uh, part yeah. of me is like it, it. I like whenever it gets announced for a date when yeah. it gets released. Like it does need to. Be, it could be horrible. It, like Coppola's oh, movies, it, and there's a good chance that it will be that one that is really bad. But um, but there's also a fascination because it is Francis Ford Coppola. Okay, let's leave it for now. Uh, handling the undead. Does it stay? I really like that trailer, okay. but I also know well, I kind watch of what trailer, it's going I'm okay to be. With, I'm okay with leaving it for now. I saw the TV glow. Does it stay? I think that should stay okay. because Fred Durst, baby. Yeah. Uh, the actor. Uh, I'm with you. I thought the premise was really cool. So yeah. I'm down. Uh, Havoc. Um, I don't know one? anything about it, Havoc. which is what Gareth is Evans. Havoc? Oh, yeah. Um, the guy did the Raid movies. Which, like... We'll look up the plot. Let's let's see the yeah, synopsis before After we cut it. After a drug deal gone wrong, a bruised detective must fight his way through a criminal underworld to rescue a politician's estranged son while unraveling a deep web of corruption and conspiracy that ensnares uh, his entire city. Uh, sounds pretty is it Tom generic. Hardy? Yeah, Tom Hardy. Oh, what accent um, is he going to yeah, have for that oh, one? He's going to have something. I'm sure it'll be cool. I'm Fun. sure it'll be awesome. Like I, I, I'm sure it's more along the lines of the raid, right? Because I know yeah. he did Apostle, which people didn't really give a shit about, right? And With Dan then, Stevens, yeah. Um, no one really even saw it, so it seems because well, like Netflix buried it. It seems like he's going back to his, you know, with the raid, like what people really, his action roots. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I think a, that one we can cut. I mean, yeah. if it was if it was best accents or most anticipated accents, it'd probably be number one. Bike riders in that any Tom Hardy movie. What's he gonna do? <laughs> Venom three. All, yeah, all, all um, the accents. Most anticipated Tom Hardy movies of twenty twenty four. Um, weapons. Do we think it's even gonna come out? I don't think so. I I unless they were shooting it secretly before the pandemic, which I don't think that's the case. 
I think this is a film now that's going to get bumped to 2025. I think I agree with you. Um, it's like the Jordan Peele thing where I, like if if it wasn't for the strikes, then we would also probably have the Paul Thomas Anderson film. We would probably have the Quentin Tarantino movie. There would be a bunch of other stuff that, that would, would be, be considered. Year, right? Yeah. But they won't probably start until sometime this year. And a lot of those movies probably won't end up shooting until spring, the summer, the fall of of. 2024 yeah i agree with that so i have um yeah i have a a feeling it won't come out this year so we could probably make a safe bet of that being on next year's list yeah because i'm definitely excited for it but um, so am i but but it's also just you have to yeah, uh, it, it, right now, just with everything going on, you have to kind of consider, like, what is actually yeah. finished. Or, like, with Gladiator 2, it's almost done. Yeah. You know? Um, The end. I loved that description and who's directing I'm it down. and stuff like that. I'm uh, down. Joshua, and Opp- Joshua yeah. Oppenheimer, who yeah. did the act of uh, yeah. killing and the look of silence. And then Kinds of Kindness, uh, a Yorgos, I think I'm, I'm down after. Well, after Poor we Things. Love, yeah, like, and we've loved everything he's done for the last little while so yeah but okay. it could be his french dispatch yeah. right because it's anthology that's based. true so we're at 26 so we okay. actually only need to cut two films if we keep this list exactly how it is or we can swap out something we took out for something we kept in so i will go through the list one more time and we gotta yeah. pick two movies or we need to trade out for what we have in the reserves so we have mickey 17 blitz kingdom of the planet of the apes anora jordan peele uh, Nosferatu, Mother Mary, Civil War, Gladiator, Furiosa, Saw 11, Twisters, Deadpool 3, Love Lies Bleeding, Inside Out 2, Alien Romulus, The Shrouds, O Canada, Untitled Trey Edward Schultz movie, The Brutalist, Megalopolis, Handling the Undead, I Saw the TV Glow, The Actor, The End, and Kinds of Kindness. So there's two movies there that we can get rid of, or we can start trading some things out. Are you not yeah, passionate th- about any something on here? Or? Well, it's not that I'm not passionate about it. It's it's more so looking at it from the perspective of you could play it really safe in that, okay, well, we don't know for sure now if the Jordan Peele movie's coming out. I think out. you got to put it on, because I, I don't know. I just have this weird feeling. You just want to leave it, just in case? Just but then I, the Coppola movie, too, right? Yeah, like, yeah. the Coppola film... I but think that's will prob- shooting though. Right? Yes, but who knows so, how long the the effects are? Yeah, and the effects. Yeah, because yeah. he makes the rules on that one. But I also think that should be on there if it does come out this year. You know, so because I guess you keep both of those. So yeah, what I'm looking at things here and what what could go, what could go, <laughs> Alien Romulus. I guess I could be fine dropping out but i want i could too good, i i want to have a good mix of mainstream matt and esoteric eric and like you know and we we meet in the middle because you know I, we both have eclectic tastes i think and yeah. we both like the weird the good the bad and the ugly um or the good the bad and the weird um so i'm trying to think i i'd probably be okay with romulus going i'd probably be okay with the paul schrader movie going i but... think both of those movies like i i really liked 
oh, no, loved. I loved First Reformed. Oh, yes. And I liked both the card counter and Master Gardener. I don't card love them. didn't do much for me. So I think it is diminishing returns a little bit in, in terms of... But I think he's still really good at doing that movie. And the Richard Gere thing still... Intrigues you, yeah. Intrigues me because American Gigolo is one of his best films. So with that... And thinking about the cast, like part of me is like, I do kind of want to keep it there. But then there's another part of me. It's like, I kind of know what this movie's going to be. Um, but I'm also mm-hmm. excited to see like, because I'm not the biggest Richard Gere fan, but he's really good in American Gigolo because Paul Schrader casts him as a sociopathic scumbag. Mm-hmm. And Gere, I think, is better as a scumbag, <laughs> a scumbag. No, I, I honestly think that then he is. A romantic lead and pretty woman kind of changed his course a little bit and, and an officer and a gentleman a little bit as well but he's he was just so good at playing low lives that when like arbitrage came out it kind of reminded you a little bit of yeah like he can play someone who's a little bit seedy and really good at this um plus like his beady eyes kind of like help with that kind of stuff but but oh canada does feel like oh this could be his comeback film in a way or something like yeah. that because he's doing a lot of vod movies right now yeah. so there, I mean, a there's that movie can also be a VOD movie. So yeah, I mean, I, I think we're past the canyons, thankfully. Yeah. Um, but I do agree with that as well, where it could ultimately end up being bad. Yeah. Um, so that means we do have a 24, but then we have 14 that we put down into the minors. So if anything wants to make its way back up because of, or are we happy with this list? So I will, I'll go through it one more time. We have Mickey 17, Blitz, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, Anora, uh, Untitled Jordan Peele film, Nosferatu, Mother Mary, Civil War, Gladiator 2, Furiosa, a Mad Max saga, or whatever the fuck they're calling it, uh, <laughs> Saw 11, uh, Twisters, which is probably one that we might talk about now, uh, Deadpool 3. I'm going to push for it. I just... I, I, I still haven't given up on Marvel and I'm going to uh, put bet my chips on, on Deadpool three, both being successful and, you know, and you know me, I, I fucking hated free guy. I don't love Sean Levy. Like I, I, Ryan Reynolds is worn him thin and on me. Ryan Reynolds like, are just like tied yeah, to the, yeah. you find a guy you like working with and someone like Reynolds that kind of makes sense to me. I mean that both as a dig and as not a dig, like I get it. Like, um, find someone you like working with and you just keep working with them over and over again. Um, Love lies bleeding uh, inside out to the shrouds untitled, 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 Trey Edward Schultz movie, the brutalist uh, megalopolis handling the undead. I saw the TV glow, the actor, the end and kinds of kindness. Okay. I love horror, mm-hmm. but and I'm ex- still excited for it, but maybe handling the undead is one we consider to cut. Okay. Just because we put it in the list before. I do like the trailer still, and I I, I think you should watch it. But with the Sundance release, and, and mm-hmm. I mean, we still have Love Lies Bleeding, and I saw the TV glow mm-hmm. uh, on there. There is something about it, and I'm saying this now, and watch it be like critically acclaimed, uh, where that it could does just feel- be what you expect it to be you think yeah yeah and there's nothing wrong against it i'm still looking forward to it but i I do feel like sometimes when you hear these early announcements for festivals like sundance or berlin even 
or even, you know, when you see a trailer to something, it sometimes takes away the mystique a little bit of mm-hmm. these anticipation lists because part of the fun is, is that you you don't know anything yeah. really about the film other than the title and maybe a plot synopsis and the cast or very little, you know, like that's kind of what makes it exciting because you don't know really even what it it's going to be yet in terms of like what it ends up being interpreted as by the public, by, you know, uh, festivals and critics and things like that. So I, I do feel like with the promotional material now out for some of these movies that are on our list, that does also hurt it a little I bit. I mean, I think that's what her bike riders falling off, right? Well, even, <laughs> even Furiosa, I think like with like, I'm still looking forward to because I love Mad Max Fury Road and I love George Miller. And, and like, I think he's, it's always worth seeing one of his films, but I think the trailer didn't do anything the way that the, the first trailer for Mad Max Fury Road got me right away. And then I was just, pleasantly surprised by the film where this you know like a lot of people and i think it's a fair criticism of the cgi i'm not trying to talk out for because i think it needs to be in there but i think like that does take away a I'm little okay bit to cut it. I'm okay to no cut it. <laughs> no it's staying if saw is staying furiosa is staying um but stuff like that like when you when you when you see a trailer for something that maybe you're more excited about in your mind because you're thinking about what it could be and then when you see what it is, there's an element of, oh, this maybe isn't going to be on my list anymore because of that. But then, like, you look at Love's Lies Bleeding, where, like, that trailer pops. Yeah, and I just and it could also the still be Dead trailer. Totally understand where you're coming from. Looks good. Yeah. I want to see it. But I, I do agree that I don't know if that trailer did anything to make me go, oh, fuck, I can't wait for this. It, it, yeah. it made me go, oh, I do want to see this. Um, and I'm looking forward to it, but does it make a 20, uh, a list of 24 films? So I, I'm kind of with you, but then, yeah, so I could cut that because we also had it on our last list. So it's not yeah. like we didn't mention it previously. Yeah. And so if it is successful, we can still be tastemakers, hey, we were tastemakers because... in 2023. We, we, yeah. we saw it. Um, we saw it coming then. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then that gets cut. I yeah. will argue that twisters stays on the list because i think I that- also would argue that because i think you made a, a convincing case just in terms of there is even though i i don't have the nostalgia there is still the nostalgic base for the first film the lee isaac chung yeah, kind of thing that we were talking the about jenkins thing of like if he wasn't directing it and it was just Len- but it's also a live action cast right yeah. like you do know that there's going to be an actual live action component sure, sure, sure. to it so I'll argue for that. So any anything else that we're kind of iffy on on this list? I think Gladiator stays. I'm I'm confident on that one. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, Ridley's I, back, baby. <laughs> I think both Nosferatu and Jordan Peele, even though they're on the same day, and one of them might move, probably Jordan Peele. But I I just um, think that Jordan Peele's film isn't going to even start shooting until the summer. Or like, yeah, I I don't know. I. Uh, like I want it on there too, just because it's Jordan Peele. But there's a part of me that thinks like either way we're fucked. <laughs> Wouldn't they have punted it already if they thought it wasn't? I, don't I, know. I guess, but I mean, Jordan Peele's one of those guys that feels like you need to give him the time maybe it's to a make smaller something movie. like this. Like, uh, sure, it, it could be, and and you could like I mean, there are a lot of directors that shoot movies in April that end up coming out in December. Yeah. So it, it, there's still all, all these right. factors of like it's still possible but 
It's staying. Um, okay. I think everything else here, I'm pretty confident. Kinds of kindness, Yorgo stays. The end sounded awesome. The actor sounded awesome. I saw the TV glow, I think, makes the cut because it's an interesting one that we don't know much about, but it is going to play soon at Sundance. I agree with your opinion on Megalopolis. Uh, I think the brutalist, um, I think, stays. I, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm a big fan. So I, um, I, I, I'm very down for whatever Brady uh, Corbett does next. So, um, I, I, I absolutely want to see that. Um, Trey Edward Schultz, another one of those guys that, no matter what he does next, I'm, I'm very, even though waves, even with I the weekend, yeah, and waves, I wasn't like a huge fan of, but like again, in the same vein as Emerald Fennell or or, or Ari Aster or something like that, like even if their last movie didn't hit quite as hard as I wanted it to, I'm still very excited for whatever they do next. Cronenberg. I'm also, I'm always down to, to uh, bow to you and go, of course, bow to me. On, the, on the list inside out Two, I think stays love lies bleeding stays. Deadpool three stays from the, I think we have a good mix here. Saw 10 or saw 11 for my taste furiosa for yours. When it comes to, uh, the things we completely disagree on. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gladiator 2, Civil War, Mother Mary. I- I'm cool with all of these. So I think it's just now we have one extra slot now. What takes the place of handling the undead? Um, here oh, I thought we like, I thought we had to get rid of no, one. No, we for... didn't. So we can keep it on there. Or here's what we have in our reserves. We have okay. Godzilla Kong, the New Empire, Mufasa, the Lion King, challengers the bike riders a quiet place part one flint strong transformers one wolfman the karate kid queer havoc weapons alien romulus O canada and handling the undead there's another film i just thought of as well but i don't know if it'll even be this year because i i think i, I don't think it will be but i don't know guillermo del toro's film yeah frankenstein uh, has it even started shooting yet either? He's been posting photos. Yeah. Of locations. Double check to see if there's like a date on IMDb or anything. I mean, Netflix is notor- like they, like they uh, until like they're it's official because I think that's 2025 to be honest. But yeah, I'd probably agree with you there. Um, it doesn't really say. Um. I'd be curious. I think with stuff like that, like, I don't know, like that. You don't even have an idea of it. It's hard. It might be just like a pleasant surprise if it does. This year's also very weird because of the strike, right? Like the second half of the year didn't have a lot of confirmed dates or anything. So, you know, there might be a ton of movies we're not even thinking of or maybe do make this year or maybe the second half of the year is going to be quiet or some of these a lot of these movies won't end up coming out. But um, we'll see. But um, yeah, I'm not against that, but I, I just I really don't have a ton of faith that that's probably coming. This year. I don't either. I don't either. Uh, even less so than the Jordan Peele movie, you know, because yeah, that does have a date. And uh, yeah, what's its date? Oh, you mean the Jordan Peele movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, sorry, I thought you meant Frankenstein. As no, no, it doesn't like, oh. have one. No. Uh, okay, so what do we got from block? We got to separate these things into categories. Blockbusters, we have Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. 
I don't count the Jordan, even though he is in blockbuster territory. But it's but he's his own category yeah. now. Like he is like Jordan I'd Peele. Say he is Jordan. Even Peele. Furiosa. I'm thinking of you know what what I mean by blockbuster. Like Furiosa doesn't even fall into that, or Gladiator Two doesn't. I'm thinking like the no, because there are tour driven movies. Deadpool, Planet of the Apes, Inside Out Two. You know what I mean? Like populist blockbusters. Kind yeah, of thing. the mainstream mat. <laughs> Yeah, mainstream Matt stuff, which is really right now Inside Out 2, Deadpool 3. I'd almost put Twisters in there, but even though I would argue that it might be auteur driven, but because of, you know, the limited history as well as it mostly living off of the the nostalgia of the first movie and stuff that Twisters kind of falls into the pure blockbuster territory. But even though I'm hoping it'll have more of a emotional core and, and be a little bit more than that. But so. And we have a lot, uh, you know, we have a lot of that auteur driven stuff like you're talking about with Mickey 17, Blitz, Anora, Nosferatu, Civil War, even I would put in that, Gladiator 2, Furiosa, which are on those like mid to big scale movies, but are in that kind of, and I hate using the word elevated, but you know what I mean by that. Well, they have an art house quality to them because of the director or... Um, the studio or something like that, you know, and then well, what's the other, David Zaslaw's favorite yeah. Warner brothers. Movie and then we have that other year? category of like, you know, with uh, Trey Edward Schultz, brutalist, you know, the actor, the end. Um, I saw the TV glow. That's kind of in that, like the festival crowd. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I don't know what we're missing here. If we even have to cover our bases. So out of those things, um, what am I feel strongly about or I'm most excited for? I mean, again, weapons would be up there, but it's not coming. So I'm not good with that. I don't feel strongly about Karate Kid, even though I love those movies and, 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 and the show. Um, Wolfman, I love Lee Wanell, but uh, I don't know. Do we want to go... Guadagnino, do we want to go Jenkins? Put Jenkins back in there. Do we want to go? I don't know. What are you thinking? Yeah, I think I think either maybe Guadagnino or Jenkins are is the t- like again. You, you we're putting like the Jenkins thing in the a tour blockbuster driven thing, but then like the the negative or detractor there is still well, it's just Jenkins. You yeah. know, really, why we're putting him there? But because I think because of him. I'm very excited for that movie, right? But that's well, that he is the reason why to be probably more so than a lot of these because it, well, this is the bar, this could be the Barbie of this year, right? That's what I mean. Like, the curiosity factor is through the roof because you're like, oh, it's Barry Jenkins doing (laughs) you're at a pitch Um, meeting or something like that. The curiosity factor, as you can see on this graph, then you got the like, then you got, yeah, like it's. But then you also have it being like, yeah, I don't know, man. Because like out of these other ones, I think Alien, you kind of know what that might be, right? Even with Fede Alvarez. You know what that's it, going to be. Yeah, like it it, it might be. And not in a bad way. And yeah, that's what I mean. It, it might be pretty good, like, but I don't know if it's going to blow my tits off, right? Like I just don't. <laughs> I don't think not that Mufasa is going to. Like, what's what's that? What's that film that will blow Matt's tits off in twenty twenty four? Not saying the Mufasa will, but even Godzilla Kong kind of know what that's going to be, right? Yeah, you so, know what you're getting with some of these films, even even with some of the movies we do have on the oh, list. For sure, but I'm still very excited for them. Yes, I would I almost think. argue for Mufasa then as I the think so. as the wild card 
Barbie Buster, play. Yeah. I don't think it's going to become Barbie by any means, but because you have someone like Barry Jenkins directing it, it automatically becomes a fascination or a, a, a place of intrigue to kind of like begin that point because you know, we saw Greta Gerwig do what she did and Barbie became something really special. So you kind of always have to go with like, okay, like there's got to be a reason here. Just not simply, I mean, the money's good, obviously, but, um, and I don't blame Barry Jenkins for that. I, I totally get it, but you have to think there's got to be a reason. Yeah. You know, even if it doesn't turn out, there still has to be a reason for him to, to put all this time into making this movie. And we got to say the first Lion King, great movie, like the actual animated film the actual that, animated film yes um that is very emotional too at times so I, if he brings some of that to do a, a more original baby's like, first hamlet yeah like story like i yeah. i feel like it could work because i feel like the reason why the favreau one it just is the same fucking movie right like it's, it's a rehash like, with see ugly cgi looking animals and mm-hmm. um yeah like you you're you're, you're you can just be watching the the version, the better version, and the better version it, that's two yeah. D animated is is more it's beautiful, expressive. Like, yeah, it's, yeah the, <laughs> I wonder if it'll change anything with the how the animals, you know, faces looked because like, I wouldn't be surprised big... if he talked to James Cameron or someone like that to be yeah. like, okay, like what do I need to do to rectify some of this stuff? Because like, yeah, you look at the warthog and you're just like, because the t- it was like too realistic looking to the point yeah. where they they them talking it just didn't there was no expression it was dead like everyone's yeah. animal so like i i agree wondering if he'll he'll do anything to kind of change that but or if that's the vibe they'll go okay i think i'm happy with that i'm i'm fine with that um i'm cool with god this we love this is this is a dedication to barry jenkins the tiff platform jury member <laughs> yeah 2023 blue jays of people uh, okay. So I think, uh, we, if you're cool, I'm cool with this 24. Yeah. Are we, we're going to lock it in. Yes. Now okay. we need to know if Jack Bauer is cool with it. Kiefer yeah. Sutherland himself. And let's bring him on Kiefer. Welcome to the, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> he's imagine. like, why didn't you put juror number two on there? Uh, there are many reasons. All right. So, uh, at the two hour and 30 minute mark of this podcast, Gosh. um, uh, let's go through uh, the Untitled Movie Podcast's 24 most anticipated movies of 2024. I can't wait till we get to 2029 when we get to put 29 movies on this. And then what yeah. do we do at, I guess, 30? for? We're not going to yeah. keep doing that. We'll have to eventually go. Okay, like, what's well, will we number? make it to 69? No, probably not. 2069. Um, all right. here. Oh, the one thing I forgot um, we left from last year. Sorry, before I can't lock it in yet. Rebel Ridge. Probably not, right? We're I'm going to say no, it. because they've had some problems with that. And if if it still hasn't been released, especially if it didn't play Midnight Madness this year or hasn't even been released now, then I would say no. Yeah, because I it sucks because Jeremy Saulnier is really a is, solid filmmaker. Yeah, so that's what I mean. Like in April 22, before production restarted on April 25th, production wrapped shooting on July 24th of last year. So yeah. like, or this year, sorry. So it's definitely going to come out soon, but 
yeah, we don't know enough about it anymore. Like you said, some of the issues. I love Jeremy Saulnier, so I'm I'm very excited for it. Like I I love Blue Ruin, Green Room, and and Hold the Dark. So, um, but I I'm okay with us. It not we gave it its its flowers last year. Yeah, we were tastemakers so. in 2023. Yeah, so exactly. All right, we can still so, claim it if it does well. So here it is. Let me put a time code so people know if they just want the list. <laughs> um. Which is yeah, then they go to two hours and, and thirty two minutes later, yeah. and then they just uh, actually just um, listen to the list. Okay, so here are the twenty four most anticipated movies of twenty twenty four, as made by Eric Marchin and Matt Rohrbeck of the Untitled Movie Podcast. We have Mickey seventeen, Blitz, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, Anora, Untitled Jordan Peele film, Nosferatu. Mother Mary, Civil War, Gladiator 2, Furiosa, a mad, I don't even know if this is the title, Furiosa, um, <laughs> Saw 11, Twisters, Deadpool 3, Love Lies Bleeding, Inside Out 2, The Shrouds, Untitled Trey Edward Schultz movie, The Brutalist, Megalopolis, I Saw the TV Glow, The Actor, The End, kinds of kindness and mufasa the lion king and that is it what will live up to our expectations at the end of next year saw 11 uh, only future us know will eric finally enjoy the saw franchise in no. the 11th installment no um uh, will i like furiosa who knows actually maybe i will um probably not but uh, who am I kidding? Um, Eric, this was exhausting, but exhilarating yep. at the same time. Um, I love that we did this. Um, it's my favorite thing that we do because it gets me excited for the upcoming year. I think, especially with this one, I was like, oh, it's going to be a, a fucking graveyard because of the strike and stuff. But, you know, with everything we talked about, like we cut more than 15 movies off an anticipated list and had to come up with 24. So uh, there's a ton of movies not even on this list that I am very excited for, for, you know, for different reasons, but um, you're excited I'm, for 24. No. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> last year we didn't put monk the movie on, uh, on our list, which did come out. Um, and you did so, some editing with monk. Yeah. That's why I was bringing that up, but um, not actually it was a project, but um imagine i worked on monk um, <laughs> with tony shalhoub okay we're back um as you just listened to uh we fucked up as eric mentioned by well including, we uh, okay no. fuck you um <laughs> by including uh jordan peele's next film on the most anticipated films of 2024 so as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode uh, we recorded that when that movie was still on Universal's slate. They moved it shortly after we recorded that episode. So, Eric, we have to pick a new film uh, to be on this list because we are removing the untitled uh, Jordan Peele film. So do you have something that you think we missed out on or that we left off that you want to uh, you know, pitch to me or do or should we just? Kinda, yeah. 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 And, and okay. you know, I, I, I want to also um you know, make it clear to the listeners, the viewers that 
Matt's mistake. I fucking hate you. <laughs> the thing is, was was something that I think is I think is a fair thing because if we left the it strike... off and it stayed on the on the slate, I would have you know we would have our our job as tastemakers, Eric. Yes. Our job as you know the list people go to to see what the most anticipated films are. If we left that off, no one would even know that movie was coming out. So that's like, true. We, that's true. So, we, but we would have been in the clear. But I think what I was trying to to say and 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 help your your, your mistake get a little bit more sort of cleared um, is that the strike changed so much in yeah. those months when the studios were kind of left to their own devices. So with production halting on, you know, numerous projects, you know, in pre production and in, you know ready to go. It's it's caused a lot of of self doubt when it comes to this type of list because I was thinking about like oh like what are some other movies that could possibly be ready, um you know for for this year or or what what's something that maybe is a little bit off the radar you know there was conversations about like Lynn Ramsey has a film called uh, Polaris that uh, Joaquin Phoenix and uh, Rooney Mara are in together, but apparently that hasn't even started shooting yet, but some people were predicting it for Cannes and that's not going to happen now. Um, you, you know, you have filmmakers like Celine Song, whose next movie is supposed to also be shooting uh, this year, but you know, th- that might not happen or, or maybe it will, and it'll take more time to develop. So, you know, with those kind of movies as well, you have to think, you know, we're talking about them now, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to make it on the list and we can gamble and say, hey, this is going to be on there or this is not going to be on there. So it's almost good to go with something that's at least in post-production um, yeah. at this point or Night Swim. Um, so, you know, <laughs> any anything like that where I like I think, you know, if, if it's said to be shooting this year or in pre-production, I think that's almost a gamble onto itself. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure we have a couple other things on this list that might end up. But this is our final list after this. Like we, yes. We're giving a pass to the Jordan Peele thing because it was before the episode came out and, and, and things like that. So that's why we're editing it. But whatever we select here, no matter if it moves, it moves and it's on our list. So... Uh, I agree with you there, though, but um, there might be other things. There always is at least like two or three things on our list that seems to get punted, but uh, that's the nature of the biz. So, Eric, do you have something or should we just kind of look? Yeah, I have one movie that I would like to suggest that we didn't have on our original list because I want to make this episode even longer Um, is uh, Andrea Arnold's Bird. Um, this is the director who uh, has previously made movies like American Honey. She did the second season of um, Big Little Lies. And sort so, of. yeah, sort of. But she's a well-known, well-established filmmaker. Barry Keoghan and uh, Franz Rogowski are the two leads. There's not much known about the project, but it is an A24 movie. It probably will play Can. She's a favorite, usually, of that festival it's finished. Um, so that could be something to consider, but there's nothing known about the plot. And I know Andrea Arnold's films can be hit or miss when it comes to narratively how they play out, because they're usually almost about exploration of, you know, a character or a setting and not necessarily plot driven. So they can kind of be a little bit aggravating that way. And American Honey wasn't 
my cup of tea, but mm-hmm. at least it was something that was trying to explore sort of the American culture and sort of people that were kind of left to the sides um, and marginalized in a way. So she's always worth kind of at least considering. Um, but other than that, I can't think of anything else that would be a new contender in terms of what we already have, because I think we have a pretty good. Hey, I'm cool with that. Films. I will. Um, I, I'm definitely down for that. So I, I say bird makes bird is the word. Um, we will put bird Birdie. on the list. So uh, I, I'm I'm not even going to add much because this episode was already three hours long or whatever it was. So uh, I like that choice. Uh, I will leave that to you and I'm looking forward to it. So just to finish off, everyone, this is the list. I know you just heard it, but here's the updated version. Um, we have Mickey 17, Blitz, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, Anora, Nosferatu, Mother Mary, Civil War, Gladiator 2, Furiosa, uh, Saw 11, Twisters, Deadpool 3, Love Lies Bleeding, Inside Out 2, The Shrouds, Untitled Trey Edward Schultz Movie, The Brutalist, Megalopolis, I Saw the TV Glow, The Actor, The End, Kinds of Kindness, Mufasa the Lion King, and Bird. So those are the 24 most anticipated movies of 2024 as heard or written or told to you by Matt and Eric of the Untitled Movie Podcast. Uh, thank you all for listening. That uh, that list can be seen over on our letterbox, which is Untitled underscore Movies. Uh, Eric and I already plugged our socials at the end of the last episode so i hope you enjoyed this epilogue uh we'll be back with bi-weekly episodes uh for the rest of the year hopefully uh don't hold us to that but we're gonna try our hardest to do that so uh january's schedule was you know the best movies of 2023 in this episode which is the most anticipated of 2024 eric and i will be back with an episode i'm excited to do uh, a long overdue uh, kind of vacation episode where Eric and I talk about the best places for film and, and movie and TV lovers to travel to. Eric and I had uh, a bunch of travels last year, both to LA and, and uh, tropical destinations and theme parks and, and things like that. So we're going to talk about all of that and the silly kind of film and TV things that you can do at those places. So that'll be our next episode in a couple weeks. Uh, we appreciate everyone uh, head over to Untitled Movie Reviews for our new review format and then all new reviews, conversational reviews between Eric and I will be right here on the Untitled Movie Podcast. Uh, until next time. Thanks so much, Kiefer Sutherland. Hope you had a happy new year. You brought that back. I forgot. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>